0: Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you, Darren. How are you doing this evening?
0: I'm doing good because, you know, sometimes I think that this podcast that we do is a bit of a kind of a low effort exercise that we don't really have our hearts in, that the jokes aren't really funny, that the bits don't really work. But I'm feeling a lot better about that this evening for some reason that I can't (laughs) quite put my finger on. Um, It's the charm. (laughs) Starting with the charm. It's
1: that it's bad.
0: Yes, it is bad.
1: But it's okay because...
0: We have fantastic guests to buoy us up. There we go. That was a nice segue. Thank you, Andrew. We We are talking this week about the unsinkable (laughs) Sholly Muskowitz, a.k.a. Babes Ahoy, a.k.a. Going Overboard, uh, Adam Sandler's debut feature film. And joining us for this discussion, we have two experts on the subject, the hosts of the Breakout Roll podcast, the fantastic Jess and Luke Dunn. How are you both? How are things, guys?
2: Very good. Much like King Neptune. Not really sure why I'm here, <laughs> but you know you've you've got me for a few hours, <laughs> so let's make the most um, of it. Because
0: your wife is your wife is also appearing on the podcast. That's that's why you're here. Apparently, um, that's why he's in the movie
1: spoiler alert. I, yeah, come go
3: on the cruise.
0: They,
1: yeah, that's did they meet on the set? Because like they they got married the same year this was released. So then I was thinking. Well, it it, was was it shot the year before, um? And did they meet on the on the set and just get married, or did did, it it, is or is it the case that's that they were married before?
2: You're not really a king.
0: I believe they were married before, or at least they were dating before. I believe he was a hanger-on on on the cruise. I love, by the way, that you can tell that Andrew's excited about a movie because he's done his own independent research on it. (laughs) He's got a whiteboard. He's got the numbers. He's checking that the maths add up.
2: Thankfully, none of that is true in my case, Darren, because I don't share Adam Sandler's uh, uh, enthusiasm for jokes about incest. You know,
3: He said he didn't like it in this film, which I, I was confused by. You um, didn't
2: realize how much of a money spinner it was.
1: <laughs> it's strange because in the movie, uh, another character has the incest jokes. Yeah, but but it's like, in, oh, oh, uh, that's not nice. But if <laughs> if you listen to Adam Sandler's comedy from that time, which I I, I did a little bit, um, the incest jokes are there. Like they, <laughs> it's. I think there there was like additional stand up on this it's in the credits so this isn't additional research it's um <laughs> him and the guy who who played um uh, uh, diamond and uh, what's his face
0: Dicky Diamond oh, Scott LaRose Dicky Diamond Scott
2: LaRose yeah so he Aldi Dice been, Clay.
1: pretty much not like
0: with with the serial number filed off just about barely but yes so the reason why um i can't remember exactly how this came about i believe it came about in conversation with with luke i think there was some sort of conversation where it's like do you want to do baby geniuses three and luke was like (laughs) anything but that and so i was like okay let's let's do something that's maybe more in the wheelhouse of the podcast that you and jess co-host which is the breakout role where you look at actors formative roles their first roles the roles that kind of arguably established their screen persona and I guess this is a question to get us started to to Luke and Jess either of you but is this Sandler's breakout role how would you classify this in terms of Sandler's career as a comedian as a filmmaker
3: I think it definitely is and I found it really interesting to see that he's like super embarrassed by this film because it's like why it doesn't stand out that much from the rest of his filmography like I don't get it it's very much a blueprint of where he's continued to go. Even, you know, like, this is directed and, and mostly written by other people, but, like, when he gets to write direct his own stuff, like, he leans into it arguably even more. So, yeah, I just found that really kind of odd and interesting that he's kind of trying to distance himself from something that is, like, completely, exactly everything that he does. And, like Andrew just said, like, his stand-up, even... Like, I just, I really find that interesting... What about you, Luke?
2: I suppose he's embarrassed by it because it's pre his perception of himself and his career. Do you know what I mean? This is this this movie was made before he worked on Saturday Night Live. This is before you know the films that he's known for, and I think it's not really you know we'll we'll get into it. It's not really a movie it's kind of more of a (laughs) proof of concept for adam sandler
4: yeah
2: (laughs) and like it's 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 very it's very primordial in that sense and it's it's interesting to me because i think darren the reason that this came about was because even before jess and i hosted the the breakout Real podcast i had done on my own blog years ago It's very much my own going overboard because they're all terrible but there are these articles that were you know the kind of first starring roles of 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 some famous actors and i had watched this film for that and so i think that this came about because i've seen this movie and i think i remember years ago (laughs) saying (laughs) it to you that i had seen it and i think you had just mentally filed it away in your brain that you would get me back one day because i've seen all this shit You can always rely on me for these these bottom feeding dregs.
0: Yeah, that was a miscalculation. It was a mistake to share that information with me. Um, to share the back <laughs> history of film in Dublin, um, it's
2: all just a Google away. I have seen many good films as well.
0: <laughs> you have, and and, sure. and you did you did get to do uh, you know that one car way movie. So I guess that will tide you through for another four or five years,
1: right? So, we, well, now now that. Um... Can we pitch Baby Geniuses Three, or is that a thing that exists?
0: No, it exists. Baby Geniuses and the Secret of the Tomb. Oh, does it? Um, there's also
1: like Secret of the Womb,
0: isn't it? Tomb, no, Tomb. It is Tomb, and it does star John Voight.
1: Okay, and it's 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 not it's not about Roe versus Wade. We we,
0: we <laughs> yeah, no, we... no, it is not.
2: No, Followed okay, by okay. Secret um, of the Worm, Secret of the Sperm. <laughs> All these classics in the series.
0: Well, to be fair, there was a short-running TV show called Baby Genius Mysteries, and the idea is that several <laughs> of these movies no, are just, just like repackaged just, just... four episodes. I swear, I think, I think... I've seen
3: that at some point somewhere. That sounds super familiar. Yeah.
2: So, this week, not to date this recording too much, but people have found out a lot about uh, Hollywood movie making as a as a as a accounting exercise as an, and as a tax break loophole exercise. Uh, but that has been a long-running <laughs> feature of, of, of the biz, <laughs> and the Baby Geniuses series is definitely proof of that.
1: This is a this is a up. It's uh, We're not actually talking <laughs> about Going Overboard. <laughs> we're talking
0: about Baby Genius Mysteries, the 20-episode series that ran from... Um, but no, okay, let, let's talk about Going Overboard then. Let's actually talk about the movie we're going to talk about here, because when I mentioned it to Andrew... As listeners may have already picked up from the fact that he did independent research for this podcast that we're doing, there was a <laughs> flutter of excitement. There was a little bit of anticipation. Um and I do. Okay. I think there. I think you you procured a hard copy of this. If well, I Well, no, correctly. I was. I was. I was. Um. Listeners can't see, but Jess is nodding with what I hope is approval. I, I saw.
3: Yeah, I saw the photo, and I, I just thought it was really interesting how it looked like like a really really old like computer game load screen almost the DVD. So yeah, that was cute.
1: Yeah it it I I no I I didn't um I didn't seek it out I I I found it I found you Yeah <laughs> I borrowed it from um an in-law and um yeah it was just in 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 their room and I was like hello um, and I, 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 I
2: knew, I knew, it's like it, Naomi Watts
1: in the ring. <laughs> like, I knew we were going to be covering yeah. it. I, I learned it's something to you. Uh. This sounds
3: like a goosebumps book. Like, <laughs> I think it's going to end well.
1: I, I learned something as well that I that I've never known before. They um, some DVDs you can turn them upside down and play a different movie. Yes. Did you yeah, know that?
0: Yeah, that was that was back in the early days of the format. It used to be a flip thing, so they you get two for one offer, and particularly like longer movies they, as well.
1: Why did they just stop doing that?
0: Well, yeah, because you get your fingerprints on the top side of the disc, the side that you use least often, so you tend to stain and smudge that one. So, so it's not.
1: I put it in, and and it was like
0: Joe Dirt Two American Hero. It
1: was something like that. No, but it was it was it was more around that time. It was like um, Camp Commando or something where it's like uh, it's like stripes but it's
2: um like a... was was Adam Sandler in it No, I and I, I I should actually so, so how long were you watching before you were like when are they going to get on the bus I'm going to
1: I'm going to get the um the the, 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 the actual DVD, DVD. One,
0: oh, one, right. One, All one, right. All right. So so while Andrew kind of does that while Andrew does that does that um Jess Do it as like had you had you seen this before like so luke had seen it before i think andrew maybe has seen it before we'll come back to ask andrew about it in a moment but jess had you any familiarity with going overboard before i invited you on to talk about
3: it and i'm sure that's not a surprise because would i have invited uh agreed to be here who knows um no i had no familiarity with it I also had never really thought about where Adam Sandler kind of came from. Like he was just so huge when I was kind of younger. All of his kind of big comedy films were like the ones that got played over and over again. You know, like in school where they wheel the TV in and it's like one of the five like VHSs that they had was always like Happy Gilmore or whatever. Like he's just kind of always been there and, and been kind of fully formed. So it was interesting to see how that happened.
0: Yeah. And I mean it is it is worth noting like the the movie itself just very briefly in terms of production history as as Sandler outlines in the movie itself addressing himself directly to the camera. This is a movie that happened largely because the cast and crew had access to a cruise ship that had a beauty pageant on it. It was written in a total of 6 days. It was shot in 6 more days for a total production period of 12 days before this adam sandler had appeared on four episodes of the cosby show in 1987 and he had been a featured player on i believe it's is it record or remote control which was the mtv MTV. game
1: yeah Yeah. it was with like colin Quinn. it was
0: indeed and dennis Um, leary played colin quinn's brother on that if i remember correctly um, it was very much kind of again. It was. It was. If
1: you remember? Yeah, <laughs> it's from when when you watched it when you were when you were two. <laughs> um, sorry, no, no, I know what but you yeah. mean.
0: But yeah. basically, yeah. So basically, that and that was. Around the time that, so it was a product of MTV. And again, we're going to dive deep on remote control, apparently. But it was a product of MTV in the late 80s when they realized that one of the problems with being a station that airs just music videos is that people tend to flick away from music videos when you're playing music that they don't like. So they decided that they needed original programming and having learned from their sister, say, a sister station Nickelodeon, they were like, okay, what can we do that's really cheap? Which is like cover people in slime, insult them, and ask questions about like the four shows that have been in constant rotation in syndication since the 70s through the 80s. Everybody be kind of familiar with those. But yeah, Sandler kind of emerged fresh. I think he was like, 20-ish at the time he'd begun performing stand-up at the age of 17 in boston uh, he was a breakout kind of on the show a lot of people were going like okay well this is the guy to watch i think quinn himself was like yep yeah, this is the guy to watch of the cast uh, he's roped into doing kind of going overboard a year before he arrives on sunday night live if i'm not mistaken the movie Doesn't really, surprising absolutely nobody for a movie that was made with no money whatsoever, a total budget of $200,000, which is next to nothing in 1989. The movie doesn't really release in 1989. There are a couple of small select screenings that are held in Los Angeles. I believe there is an awards qualifying run of a screening in Los Angeles at 10.30am on a Saturday and a Sunday.
2: How many many nominations did it get?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it seems like the voters didn't get out of bed that early.
1: Did not have raspberries?
0: Well, it would have been. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been major enough for the raspberries. The raspberries would only nominate it after Sandler had become famous. That's how the raspberries oh. work. They tend to. They, their choices are not unconventional.
1: Some someday, Adam. Someday,
0: Adam, the ras- golden raspberries will be yours. Um, but yeah, so it basically it kind of it's shot in twelve days total. It's shot on this cruise ship. Um, famously, the framing sequence that involves I think is a Burt Young. They had to sneak onto the Paramount lot in order to shoot that in an office on the Paramount lot. They couldn't actually get inside the lot. They had to do it in an office building on the edge of it as well. Um, the movie kind by, of disip- oh, sorry.
1: By the way, like for anyone in suspense, it's uh, Combat Academy. Was that what I said? It's George Clooney. Combat Academy what? is a movie from 1986.
2: Oh.
1: With George Clooney in it, is that a breakout role? It's a very strange collection. <laughs> oh,
2: uh, is that is that before Return of the Killer Tomatoes?
1: Um, I wonder. Um, okay, so what 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 are the other three? So there are there are two more. It's a on very there. strange quartet because the the one disc has Going Overboard and Combat Cannery, which are from the late eighties, okay. and the other has it's it's very small, so you're not gonna you're not gonna really see it. Um, the other one has Drowning Mona and picking up the pieces which are each from the year 2000. Ah. Um so The D- Drowning Mona is like uh Danny DeVito. Um picking up the pieces is um Woody Allen. Okay. So really, so a delightful just,
0: a delightful two disc collection we have there.
1: Yeah, it's 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 courtesy of Hollywood DVD.
0: Yes, well, okay, fine. And that's kind of the second life of the unsinkable Shecky Meskowitz, which is the idea that basically the movie releases in like 1989, it screens twice, I think, in Los Angeles, two 10.30 morning screenings on a weekend, and then just disappears into history until we arrive in 1995. Sandler has just finished his run on, on Sunday Night Live. He's kind of getting ready to launch to the big time. Billy Madison has launched him as a movie star in his own right, which means that it is the perfect opportunity for a cynical home video uh, company named Vidmark Entertainment, which seems to be a play on Skidmark Entertainment, to basically buy up all of the early kind of films made by the host of comedians around this time. So it, it they buy up, for example, Going Overboard. They also buy up Jim Carrey's uh, starring debut, which is Rubber Face, um, to capitalize on the success of Dumb and Dumber as well. But yeah, this gets released on home media uh, in 1995 and kind of inserts itself back into the conversation, hoping to cynically capitalize on the arrival of Adam Sandler as a comedian himself.
2: By the
1: way, it is before... Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, Return of the Killer uh, Tomatoes was nineteen eighty eight. I don't know how I, I become the Richard Osmond. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, the the nineteen eighty six Combat Academy. Nineteen eighty eight Return of the Killer Tomatoes. It it says that Combat Academy was a a TV movie. So yeah, the 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 okay. same, same company that's... So
0: technically more of a movie than Going Overboard.
1: <laughs> I guess so. I, I mean, Well, I, I think the makers of Going Overboard, the whole point of it was that at the end, they were like, now, no one can say we didn't make a movie. This is, <laughs> this is a movie. This is definitely a movie, right?
2: Like, All yeah, of
0: let's... our investors are perfectly satisfied.
2: <laughs> I wonder how many movies have been made just like on the off chance that one day... The upstart young comedian and then becomes like super successful. <laughs> are,
1: that, are there are like several people in the movie inexplicably like in spite of this movie will become <laughs> uber uber successful?
0: You yes, know, we'll they're... talk about that. There are quite a few surprise cameos in this movie from people that you will recognise who will not want to talk about it at any point later in their
1: career. It's, yeah it's like they it, it, it's like um i don't know an angel investor <laughs> um who's 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 just found like a a unicorn i guess is that what they call them that
2: <laughs> they found like three or the, four the yeah. the listeners have no idea like in their head they're like yeah yeah kevin james david spade yeah yeah but it's like no you really don't know <laughs> <laughs> it
3: can be worse <laughs> <laughs> or better
0: um, depending on how you frame it I suppose. Um, well I mean yeah we'll talk about that maybe when we get into the Spore zone in the way in which this feels both not and also exactly like every Adam Sandler vehicle that would follow. Uh, kind of an interesting tension i think that runs through it where it's like yes there are a host of very famous people who seem to be hanging around and doing stuff because adam sandler asked them to or because somebody who is tangentially associated with adam sandler asked them to do so all right so i think we talked about it kind of vaguely uh enough there so just three questions before we jump into the spoiler zone so we gotta start so jess do you think going overboard is one of the worst 100 movies ever made
3: yes probably Um, because is it a movie? I was kind of watching, I feel like I was just, because I watched this right before we started recording, and I was just waiting for it to start. I was kind of like, what, what is going on? Like, where is this going to go somewhere? When does it get funny? And
0: spoiler, but
3: (laughs) Yeah, it it was it was a surreal experience. So I suppose it for me was more like some sort of kind of art installation um than than a film. So yeah, I think it definitely deserves to be there. <laughs>
0: um and Luke, do you think that Going Overboard is one of the worst 100 movies ever made?
2: It's it's difficult because we've we've talked before about what lands a movie on this list and it this is obviously here because it is an Adam Sandler movie on the one hand
0: one of two adam sandler movies on the bottom 100
2: Uh, i just because it is quite slapdash and like it's so low budget and stuff like i would normally feel harsh putting a movie of that level into a list of the worst movies ever made because it's like you know you have to bring context into it and you have to you have to bring like extenuating circumstances and what the potential of the movie ever could have been into those kind of considerations do you know what i mean like uh, an amateur film can't really be, unless it does something particularly egregious, be be one of the worst movies ever made.
0: It it also feels mean. It feels like you're picking on it. To a yeah, point. yeah,
2: exactly. And 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 it's hard not to kind of have the fact that Sandler is like this huge megastar and it would actually take away from that. So I was going into rewatching this movie, I was really gonna, I was really willing to kind of give it a chance, and I think give Sandler a chance. Because I'm in a good place with sound like right now. But actually (laughs) rewatching it really stripped that all away from me. And I was like, (laughs) no, this movie is the (laughs) worst thing ever made.
3: I agree with where you're coming from on a certain level. However, I think indie movies, generally speaking, are making movies for the passion of movies. And, you know, the artistry of it and doing something creative and trying something. This was made for Uh, questionable reasons.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think that there is passion in this. I think it's more there's a lack of uh, experience. That's what I pick up on, on watching this. And even as I say, like I, I do want to give it that 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 fair chance, but also it's terrible. Like it's really bad. Like it is it is Yeah. Start. Yes, it is one of the worst movies <laughs> ever made.
0: And and in, in, in trademark 250 fashion, I'm going to derail the podcast right here. You said you're in a good place with Sandler right now. Do we want to talk a little bit about Sandler and kind of where we are uh, with him? In particular, say, you know, kind of like on the breakout role, you put this in the context of his career. How do we all feel about Sandler? What is it that makes Sandler Sandler? And is that stuff here? Or is that a question for later?
2: I don't know. Uh, I might think I might think about it and we can circle back to it, I, unless you have something, uh, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I mean... I think that the the rage kind of that, that that informs, I guess, all of his work. I suppose is is there kind of like up to a point. Like he's with, with the um, he's he, he he's the 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 character. Is a very kind of angry, resentful person, and that informs like both 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 his broad kind of work and also his kind of you know award winning or award worthy yeah, work as like well Uncut gems and kind of Yeah you know, and I places. I I think maybe the reason why he would be embarrassed by this is just that it's it's not a very good it, it it's not a culmination like it's it's a very kind of cheap
0: unformed yeah.
1: rubbish kind of version of, of 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 like it's on the same kind of trajectory um, and you could you could probably say that um as well with with this stuff that he did like on Cosby Show or on um, Remote on TV. control and and yeah and then later with kind of Saturday Night Live and all of his um um other movies. Um but but that that it's 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 kind of half baked and was never meant to be seen. But it's as Luke said, it's a kind of a, a proof of concept. And it's just like what if what if we what if we put Adam Sandler in the movie? Now this isn't the movie. just <laughs> like use your imagination you know? yeah. <laughs> what um, I, what I like about uh, what, I,
2: what, I, what I like about Sandler I suppose or what I what I've come to appreciate about him is once he works out what this act is, okay people love it or people hate it or whatever, but he will match the effort of his act to what the, the production asks of him or deserves. Do you know what I mean? Like his, his, his early comedies, they might not have aged particularly well, but he's definitely giving a level of performance in them with that intensity and with that anger that, that led to their success and when he gets
0: yeah, the hunger of I want to prove myself particularly after I've been fired from SNL yeah
2: and when he gets a genuinely great script and, and, and somebody that is genuinely interested in working with him I think his enthusiasm for what he does definitely comes through like I think you, you talk about something like Punch, Punch Drunk Love or, or Uncut Gems to have a filmmaker come to him and not treat him as an idiot or a joker or whatever I imagine is a very liberating feeling You know, and it's like, oh, I'm being taken not seriously, but genuinely. And then he gives that back, you know, and when he does, he's usually good. Like his Netflix movie recently, the basketball one is good. He loves basketball. So, you know, he's going to bring it Uh, and people for a long time when he was kind of on the downturn of of, in, in, in the public eye. It was like this guy, he just accepts these huge paychecks. To go on vacation with his best friends and make no effort whatsoever at his job, and it's like, yeah, that's a fucking dream. Like, <laughs> I really respect that. You know, Sandler works smart, not hard. And okay, he's a he's a multi-millionaire. He's not he's not a he's not a uh, he's not an aspirational figure other than his, in his bank balance, I suppose. But what I appreciate about Sandler is that when he clocks off, he's off. When you <laughs> compare him to other millionaires that we that infest our daily lives now. He, for the controversial comedian shtick, like he he doesn't care <laughs> once he's not working. He he's not fueled by by something inside him that that leads to regrettable real life things. At time of recording, at least, in ways that other <laughs> other other comedians and millionaires are, <laughs> uh, uh, which I've come to appreciate about him. You yeah, know, when and- he's when he's off the clock, he just wants to play basketball and hang out.
3: For me, Adam Sandler is completely and has always been that kid in class who, if he only applied himself, and when you get him with the right person or the right teacher slash director with with that time for him and with that patience for him, it can be really, really great. But for me, it just doesn't excuse some of the really, really horrible things about him. Like, you know, a lot of his work, there's so much ableism. It's so misogynistic. And I feel like because of how huge he got and how how big his particular persona and how popular it was, that became like a dominant comedy film formula for like ever since. And, you know, then you have like the likes of Knocked Up and things like that, I think directly trace back to that. So, yeah, it's kind of it's a funny one because... There's something about him that is just so enduringly charismatic. Like, I hate so many things I've seen him say or do or act or whatever. But you kind of can't look away. And, like, I watched Uncle Gems. I loved him. I love him in 50 First Dates. Punished on Glove is great. Like, there's just something really, really compelling about him. But you still kind of like him in spite of yourself. I really don't want to. But I kind of always... There's something...
2: To your point, Jess, about this being his breakout, like he has that quality even in this, where he is very, for this being so early on in his career, like he's very comfortable in front of camera immediately, and he is very. He's directly
0: addressing the camera, which is a lot to ask of an actor, like.
2: But, and, and you're kind of like, okay, yeah, no, he's actually performing okay here. He's he's charismatic. And then he does one of those faces.
0: Like the one that's on the cover of the- This yeah. is a
2: podcast, obviously, but you know. The one
0: that's on the cover of the movie within the movie. Yeah, yeah. He
2: he well, does one of those I, faces and you're like, oh, actually, I hate his stuff comedy I th- <laughs> and I everything think, that he represents.
1: I think there there is something kind of, to my mind anyway, sort of mistaken in these conversations about Adam Sandler. Like if only he could apply himself. Um, yeah, and um, Adam Sandler doesn't think in in those terms. He, he's he's not. I like, like the way it, you make
0: w- him sound like he's the Terminator. He will not. You cannot reason with him. He will not negotiate with him.
1: No, all I'm saying I is know, that know, Adam Sandler appreciates um, kind of the 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 regard he gets from Paul Thomas Anderson or from the Cohen brothers or whoever it is. The
0: Sadfee brothers?
1: Yeah. Um, or sorry, uh, the um, uh, Safty brothers. It was Paul Thomas Anderson was punched Drunk Club, I beg your pardon. Um, but he's not sitting around waiting for the Safti brothers to kind of come to him with a new movie. He sees value in what he does for Netflix and so do Netflix. Um, and, and it's... Uh, i i i, I it, like like it it's it's um it kind of uh, pe- people are like if if only if only he could see um uh that that's um if only if only if only people knew what to do with him and he he doesn't he doesn't he like he thinks this things um but he doesn't think his other movies think and he, he he's like um i'm i'm not like people ask him, kind of like, why don't you just do all of, the, why don't you do like Meyer Meyerowitz stories all the time? It's like because I'm like an entertainer, and people people enjoy my movies. It might not be your cup of tea, but, but the, the 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 these are very kind of um, well rated by like I guess the twelve year old uh, boys who watch them, um, and and he's 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 fine with 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 performing that role
2: i think he yeah i think he has a very uh very at ease sense of himself and his work and his persona and i think he's also very aware that a lot of the dramatic work that he has done relies on playing with that persona in one way or another and yeah. it, people people are asking why doesn't he just do those things all the time it
3: wouldn't work it,
2: like they wouldn't yeah. work in the same way if 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 it wasn't uh no, I d I don't think you have to be familiar with Adam Sandler's I don't think you have to have seen Billy Madison do this. To, <laughs> to get uncut
0: gems or punch. Or j- but
2: but but it's 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 at play it 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 it's, it's all work to him, do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's drawing from similar things, just with in a different way. And I think, yeah, I think I would agree, Angie, that to Sandler it's at least it's it's uh it's work and it's good work. And it works. <laughs> so
0: Well, That that's what Luke said about, like, the knock the clocking off thing. Like, it doesn't feel like he wants an Oscar. As much as he joked about, like, if you guys don't give me any awards for Uncut Gems, I'm going to make a Netflix movie that's so bad. I don't think that he actually honestly wanted or measured the success of that movie in getting, like, awards at the end. Unlike, say, I don't know, maybe Will Ferrell, I would argue, you get that sense of kind of wanting something like that. Or maybe even, like, Steve Carell kind of wanting something like that or wanting that recognition. Well, like, I how... Don't think
1: how... How would he go back to his friends and like um, if if he were to take all that nonsense seriously? You know, like like Oscar. Well, it'd be
0: like Jonah Hill and This Is the End. I imagine would be the kind of vibe that you would get.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and it's it's I I I I think as well something kind of maybe may worth saying about um, uh, Sandler is that people tend to have nothing but good things to say about him. I mean, I'm sure that's not entirely universal, but everything I've ever heard is is um, is very positive.
2: Yeah, Offset, he's supposed to be a really good dude. Like, he's very uh, good with kind of behind-the-scenes people. And that's why I mentioned all he wants to do is play basketball. Like, there are a lot of famous stories about, you know, he, he just will play one-on-one basketball with whoever is around where he lives or whatever. Like, he's very approachable. He's very amenable and when that comes across in his movies that's part of what makes him charming you know he is very likable and yeah i think sometimes when the quality of the work is not matching that that those wires can get kind of crossed and people can be like sandler and that's where i'm like yeah i'm in a good place with sandler now because i think i've come at least myself to that realization that like he's 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 doing all right you know
0: he has your stamp of approval. Um, and by the way, I do like to... to Until Jess, I
2: saw this again.
0: <laughs> no. Now you have to rebuild that trust. Um, and to, to Jess's point, actually, about like the idea of Sandler as like the godfather to the modern generation of comedy. I mean, he pointed out Knocked Up. It's worth noting that when Judd Apatow did his kind of serious movie, it was funny people with Adam Sandler at its center. Like, it was that three-hour uh, dramedy. Uh, based around, hey, isn't Adam Sandler kind of the icon of our our times, really? Which is kind of interesting.
2: And well. uh, Jess, I don't know if you picked up on this, having just watched it, but like when I was watching Young Sandler here, I was really like, "This is Pete Davidson. Like, this is exactly <laughs> right. the vibe, you know." Uh, but Pete Davidson is a guy that is maligned now, uh, yeah, for for his persona. But he, his, he, I think, maligned to the extent that the positive qualities of what he does are kind of over overlooked. I don't know what you think, Jess.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that makes sense.
2: Like you could put young Sandler in that a 24 bodies, bodies, bodies. I think he would work very well, you know,
0: but I think that the issue with Davison is that Davison is kind of overshadowed by his personal life in a way that I'm not sure is true or was true of Sandler at that time when he yeah. was on SNL. Like, Davidson is a is a joke where it's like okay well you know somewhere his tattoo removal artist is buying himself a yacht when he hears about the breakup of himself and Kim Kardashian um the stuff like with Ariana Grande and the the big dick energy and all that sort of stuff where it's like he's more of a meme than a than a celebrity like I think and I it, suppose like,
2: that's that's part of the difference that has emerged over I guess over the last thirty years where Davidson is very aware of that and very much uh, plays with that where Sandler doesn't care. That's why, like, when Sandler jokes about making, like, the worst Netflix movie ever, having not getting nominated for Uncle James, to hit, like, where he's coming from there is, you know, you can make jokes about how terrible my movies are. I don't care. You know?
0: <laughs> I'm still going to get paid and go on holidays with these people, which is what I, well, yeah, what I like. I mean, and and like that's the thing when we talk about like the Happy Madison stuff, you tend to focus on the David Spades, the Rob Schneider's, the Kevin Jameses of it all. It is worth noting that like Sandler basically employs a whole cadre, a subsection of the like comedy industry that includes people like say Alan Covert, who pops up as I believe the bartender here, Stephen Brill, who I think plays the priest Norm here.
1: McDonald. Um, Oh, sorry, not in this. No, but I'm I'm, I'm not... not, Later on.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm even thinking of, like, people who are lower down the totem pole, people who are kind of... who end up, like, just literally kind of, like, subsisting in Hollywood by virtue of the fact that Sandler keeps giving them roles and keeps making movies in which he can give them roles as bartender number three or patron number four (laughs) and all this sort of stuff.
1: Well, that's also true of Norm Macdonald, actually, because Norm Macdonald... um, would gamble his entire fortune away, <laughs> so it was like oh, for a while there, things it was it was it was tough, and you think about the money you lose, but then. And Adam Sandler puts you in a movie and everything's okay again. For a while.
0: <laughs> the great enabler is our, our Adam Sandler. <laughs> but like I, I kind of I do find it interesting that even if you go back to going overboard the first Adam Sandler movie, you can already see that there is this little cadre forming around him. And while it doesn't include mm. people like, say, Chris Rock, who become kind of essential that David Spade, who he'd meet obviously in SNL, I believe he auditioned with Rock for the Cosby show. Uh, and Rock didn't get it um, out of pure spite <laughs> on the part of Cosby, which is kind of amazing. Um,
1: it's it, yeah. It sorry, just to say about Cosby, the crazy thing is like how he was like, you know, a clean comedian, and all is chastising people for for like have having dirty acts, and, and I don't know. It's 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 that kind of like puritanism. I think it it. Um, Uh, say something i think sometimes about people
2: people always tell themselves yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah, i think we talked about we talked about like star trek and we talked about um stephen collins and kind of yes and and all that stuff that happened there as well involving Mm. it was like yep no this is inappropriate and it's did that from seventh heaven Heaven, turns out to
1: be like a terrible guy Um, um
0: all right and and andrew do you think that going overboard belongs on a list of the 100 worst movies ever made
1: I do I guess because it's um, it's difficult to kind of land on a criteria but this it's it's undeniably crappy
0: and and had you seen this before I was going to ask you but then no, you disappeared to no, find a DVD okay alright so this was your first watch
1: well I I was still able to hear you I, I, I still <laughs> just haven't just not to I, answer. I guess maybe you wouldn't get the the um, uh, quality audio <laughs> that we have on this podcast. Yeah, such good audio. No, I had not seen this before. Um, I I'd seen it on the bottom 100 and thought that looks like Adam Sandler in the <laughs> in the, in in the uh, in the it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like some sometimes you look at these these movies and it's like, oh no, no, that's that's just somebody who looks like somebody. Out there. Um, yeah, um, but no, it is him. And I had not seen this movie before. I, I like it, it kind of it fits because um do we excuse the movie because it's a very aware of its crappiness? Like No, do, I think that they, makes it worse. Does that make
0: it better or worse? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, you I, I, I think it makes I, it worse. I think you you make this argument Darren with a lot of the Marvel movies where they they'll they'll make a joke on their um, well,
0: that's actually Luke makes that argument. It's like the you made the oh, joke, so I can't. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I've said this on the recording before, Darren, but like again, people on themselves. When I was a child, <laughs> I found <laughs> it the quickest and easiest way to avoid uh, to avoid people passing comment on me is if I got there first. Um, yeah. And if I was funnier than they were, then 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 joke was really, on them. Joke was on them. <laughs>
1: That, and that that's kind of like how it feels here and maybe 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 you give it some kind of credit because it's not like say um the room which doesn't seem to realize kind of our or maybe perhaps you could say birdemic, like where um where they're unaware of 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 how bad uh this is because they have no taste there is a kind of a um um
0: but there's a cynicism here i think as yeah, well where it's like you, it's
1: kind- you get the same vibe that you get from like watching say like trauma movies i think um watching this
2: you know what i mean
1: that, that, that they they um make a, uh, those movies tend to like like is it kentucky fried movie or what's it called oh no um poltergeist are- Poultry guys, pol- that pol- what you're thinking poultry of? guys, Poultry yeah, Kentucky guys. Kentucky Fried uh, movie is a very different movie. It is not <laughs> You've mentioned that before, and I have no I, idea what it is. Poultry okay. Guys. <laughs> poultry guys, I beg your pardon. Um is um yeah, do I, uh, example where it'll like take take the piss out of itself um a lot. And it's also kind of low budget um and gross. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll come
0: back to when we talk about going overboard um
1: yeah but yeah i'm 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 it's difficult it's difficult to say because i guess i don't know what the kind of criteria is it does belong on a list of 100 bad movies because it is bad in several kind of respects in ways that it's aware of but but also in ways that it 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 ought to have um, sought to avoid (laughs) Um, Um,
0: calling the shot doesn't work if the shot is terrible Yeah, but uh, yeah and for myself I mean maybe this is the thing where it's very similar to kind of what Luke said earlier where it's like if this was a $200,000 movie that never saw the light of day that was a bunch of people getting together to make a movie to see if they could make a movie um, I would probably grade it quite lightly in that same thing that I do when I go to the film festival and I see something that is very evidently a student film that was made by people who you know are trying in some small way but aren't quite accomplishing but as long as they're not asking me to fork out money to go and see it i'm fairly benign Uh, this is very similar to something recently like say studio 666 which is the um the foo fighters movie uh the dave grohl horror homage which also features a soundtrack and appearance from john carpenter which is kind of amazing living his best life um but it is it is very much a movie that is very obviously a movie made by people who liked watching horror movies. We're like, let's make a horror movie ourselves, and it is terrible. But I am willing to forgive that up until the point where you ask me to pay to see it. At which point it becomes fair for me to go, no, do a better job. Um, and that's kind of, I think, where I fall with this. Where it's like, if this wasn't a commercially released movie, if Vidmark hadn't tried to capitalize on it after the fact, if this were just a curio that everybody had completely forgotten about, I'd probably be like, yeah, you know, it's not good. It's in fact quite terrible, but I'd be able to write that off. I, I do think it is It is bad. I think it's awful. Maybe on the bottom 100, probably, I guess. It, it kind of it makes sense there. All right, then. And Jess, would this be among the worst 100 movies you have ever seen? Your 100 most hated movies?
3: No, I don't think so. I don't think it's quite bad enough for that because... I hated it, but I like Sandler most of the time. Like there's there's stuff there and even some of the kind of side characters and that. Also it, it it's trying to do something. Like they did have a plot and they have things happen. They also have multiple locations. Like they technically made a movie. <laughs> and I
0: mean they have layers within narrative, it's like inception, yeah. there's like Two or three separate layers that are happening in parallel; they're they're crossing across there's one another. There's a framing yeah,
3: narrative. Yeah. It's all very Victorian. Yeah, so there, there's there's things happening. Um. So, yeah, it, it's I've I've seen worse. Definitely seen worse.
0: And Luke, would this be among the worst 100 movies you've ever seen? Your 100 most hated movies.
2: It is very difficult to say because, as Jess says, like. Th- it's 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 evident here that there are people involved with this that either know what they're doing or will know what they're doing. You know, sometimes you do see a student film and, and you kind of have the sense of this is as good as they're gonna get. Whereas, you know, the the director of this, I know she worked she worked on T V for a bit, you know, she's done some writing here and there. Like she's not like prolific. Valerie Brayman, yeah. I mean, she's yeah, yeah, she's she she's she, she, they, they they took the Kaplans off, you know <laughs> they, they did technically make a movie, but I just don't really see it as a movie, so like I can't in my head go, I can't really compare this to some of the worst movies I've ever seen just because it is much more ramshackle than that, but like so, I don't know, is it one of the 100 worst things that I've ever seen full stop? No but it is like, don't get it twisted like really, really bad, and I suppose w- what I could say, Turn, is that it is worse than I remember, which oh. is
0: Because <laughs> I saw, like, your letterbox was half a star. So how does it write this time? <laughs> well,
2: I, uh, this is this is where stars are so ineffective. But I would, I think, I think I thought, yeah, uh, I was a younger, worse writer, and. I, I, don't don't seek out those old blogs because it really was at the kind of <laughs> they will be in the show they, notes. They're 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 my going overboard. You know, they, it really was at the apex of that kind of like uh, this pop culture thing that I'm watching is so bad it made me pissage like it. You know that kind of era of uh, online writing. You're
0: Adam Sandler esque
2: kind uh, of era. yeah You're- yeah. And I thought, oh, I was I was just being harsh on it, you know, and it's like, no. <laughs> if I was too kind of anything. It's it's quite bad.
0: Um, how does it rank in terms of like that project that you did where you saw all of these terrible movies? Was this among the worst of those or is this kind of like top tier? How does it kind of fit in in that scale?
2: I think it probably was the worst of those that I saw because usually and then late like later when I started the podcast with Jess, the Breakout Roll podcast, we we generally found that you could definitely see star quality in the in the performance that we watched uh or or or, you know a, a a decent film the semblance of a decent film in there somewhere if the film itself wasn't actually in fact good which which a lot of them were like i think some of the other ones that i did in that blog back in the day would have would have actually Return of the killer tomatoes would have been one which is similarly kind of slapdash because it is that kind of trauma kind of effort but just a lot better. I think it's made by more experienced hands, but you did get a lot of similar kind of, this isn't really a movie uh, like Amy Adams, cruel intentions Two. it's like a scrapped pilot that they just kind of cobbled together. Uh, Stuff like that. So it's, it's hard to say because these things, they don't don't really count, which is why the the performers never want to think about them ever again. They're not part of who they are, you know? So in, in the same way that I don't want anyone to go back and read those old blog posts, uh, I I I don't I don't think it's fair that anyone should go back and watch this, you know. Especially when pe- if people want to watch bad Adam Sandler movies, they can Cut do options. that. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs>
0: you can watch Grown Ups every day for a year. Grown Ups 2 every day for a year. Um, oh, Andrew, what, is this one of the worst 100 movies you've ever seen?
1: I mean, it, yeah, it probably is one of the worst movies I've, I've ever seen. I'd agree with Jess about kind of people. Some people knowing what they're doing. Because it does tell a story. It is. It takes a character and gives him things that he wants, and then um, the movie is about him trying to get those things. So, like, like they understand, you know, how <laughs> how, how how a story it's perfect Cambellian
0: story arc. It's like George <laughs> Lucas was sitting down <laughs> taking notes.
1: Well, yeah, but but you'd be surprised, like the 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 the. the that's so many kind of um, seemingly more sophisticated kind of movies don't get that, yeah. um, that sort of thing so they, they, um, and it 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 also has some shining lights I think in it I think there there are some good things about this movie I don't know if if if, if I, 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 I no I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't bring it to Bad movie Island. Okay. That's the the, the one hundred bad movies that I sneak into um the island. General Noriega's be... prison, I'm exactly. guessing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie was funded by the CIA, right? I think they had some <laughs> money left over from what, a Ram Contra
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like our assassination and plan didn't work, so we're going with a character assassination. Some
1: of the amounts involved in Iran Contra were, were 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 very uh, small. Like the, the I could imagine there being like seven hundred k and like <laughs> let's let's not let's not give this to let's the, not
0: blow it all on yeah on a kind of like a Contra yeah kind of let's not speed. give let's this to the Contras let's, let's
1: let's give let's give uh, give this to. Um
0: uh who wants to take a 12-day cruise Shecky, um, Shecky
1: Moskowitz. <laughs> yeah. um, um and when 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 they look it up kind of um yeah it's it's um, turns out it's just an adam sandler movie
2: adam sandler in that's my boyega it
0: <laughs> nice well done um all right um in terms of for myself uh Maybe, I think, actually. Like it does it has that feeling of you've gone to a film festival and it's a five PM screening of a movie you've never heard of, shot by people who uh, you've heard casually and know have some sort of connection to somebody somewhere. Um it it kind of does very much have that vibe to it. So yeah, I can go with it. Very famously, the film crew uh brought the wrong lenses uh when they were getting on the film on the on the ship to shoot the movie, and because it is a cruise and because that cruise involves being away from land they did not have a chance to remedy that situation so the the movie is shot using the wrong lenses which creates a kind of distorting blurring effect even when you watch it in high definition and it is available in high definition from Lionsgate Entertainment um so yeah it is it is a bad movie that is poorly made uh, so yeah I, I think maybe it's one of the worst 100 movies I've ever seen um all right then and Jess if listeners have not seen either The Unsinkable, Shanky Mackiewicz, Babes Ahoy, or Going Overboard, whichever title it's going with, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device?
3: You don't need to, because you've seen so much of Adam Sandler. Um, he is inescapable and unsinkable, so I, I don't think it's necessary. I wouldn't inflict it on yourself like we said, there are better bad examples of Adam Sandler if that is something that you want or need. Uh, so I wouldn't. It's interesting, though, as the names go, like the unsinkable Shaky Mouskovitz, is that it? Like that one appeals to me that was the first way one. more than going overboard. I don't really know why they kept changing the names. I don't know what Babes Ahoy was supposed to do for it.
1: Babes Ahoy, I think, was a good piece of marketing because I I think that they, they, <laughs> this is what women. like they they yeah they 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 that's on a boat. That, it is part of like what this movie is 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 just a kind undoubtedly of, yeah yeah absolutely like
0: that's the opening pitch. The opening pitch is like we got a bunch of beautiful women here, come ogle them with us.
3: At least they talk. I found it really interesting that they had the little kind of talking Talking heads. heads of the women, but like not even just at the start, like that kept coming back. And I was like... What this is really interesting. I kind of appreciated that they did also.
0: They do at several points pause and go. Now let's watch some B-roll of beautiful women getting out of the pool. Yeah,
1: Uh,
3: it was just there was yeah, spoiling
1: plot points. down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was helping pace the movie. That's what it was doing. Yeah, Um, no,
3: and
1: it's 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 I'm surprised that they didn't go with babes Ahoy because like you 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 could look at the. The, at the,
0: um... Those are chronological titles, by the way. So it was the unsinkable uh, Mel- Shirley Malkiewicz, um when it was initially released for its two award screenings. Awards. Well, It was then Babes Ahoy, while it languished in obscurity. I suspect part of the appeal there was trying to sell it as a potential... Like, like the movie kind of suggests with the opening sequence with Noriega, it's trying to sell it as something that like a teenage boy might see in a calendar yeah. or a video catalogue and go... I'll order that. And then it was going exactly. overboard was what it was rebranded as after Adam Sandler becomes famous. And it's like, OK, well, now now we have something we can actually use to sell this movie that we have. So those are those. It's a chronological evolution of the of the title, to be clear.
1: Yeah. Like it, it's it's um, I suppose you put Adam Sandler kind of like in big letters, whereas before you just need to put Babes Ahoy in big letters and, and hope that like somebody bites, I guess.
0: It's like, okay, well, we got $20 left over in this VHS rental kind of like budget for the month. So what do we want to order? Um, well, We ordered all our copies of Steven Spielberg's Always, but we have $20 left over. Let's get one copy of Babes Ahoy. All right. And Luke, if listeners have not seen Going Overboard, The Unsinkable Shecky Makowitz, or um, I will get that name right eventually, or Babes Ahoy, would you recommend that they pull <laughs> up the say, podcast?
1: Just say, say it like how it's spelled. The, the the it's like Mal, Mal the where where does the Malkovich come from? Um, it's Moskowitz isn't it? Moskowitz
0: yeah, Moskowitz Sheki Moskowitz
2: Right, sorry. <laughs> uh, I I think no. I think the the fact that do you, do you ever look up like the translations? of the of the name of a movie like say in france or germany and like they 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 give you a very direct indication of what the movie actually is at its (laughs) core the fact that the ultimate title for this is babes ahoy really tells you everything that you need to know so you don't need to see the movie to to i think you can fill in the blanks although that's actually not true because you're like wait a minute general boyega (laughs) king neptune
0: (laughs) <laughs> it does have some sharp twists. A construction that's, worker. That's
2: our job to unpack all that for the listener. They need not suffer through it themselves.
0: Um, and Andrew, as somebody who seemed excited at the prospect of going overboard, would you recommend that listeners pause the podcast and stream the movie to a local device?
1: Um, I would not. I, I, I like. I. I. Yeah. There. There. There's plenty of bad Adam Sandler movies um, that one could watch. And other kind of bad uh, Billy Madison movies that one could watch, and when I say bad i'm I'm like, it, what, it, I, I well i I think it's maybe clear what what, what we're talking about but that, that um obviously saying bad implies the judgment
0: well, you do like grown-ups too we 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 did spend like 25 minutes in shack talking about sorry in steel talking about grown-ups too yeah
1: because I I, I, I I don't I don't really see a hierarchy between kind of lowbrow and um, and highbrow stuff like if you know that it, it, it it's so long as kind of like you're doing what you want to do I guess that's that 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 there's plenty of kind of a, a very lowbrow stuff that becomes you know <laughs> love it it's kind of you know given
0: enough um we talked about like again like even Chaplin, going back to things like silent movies all that was kind of vaudeville stuff that was seen as being very low brow and is now regarded as like the cornerstone of cinema
1: yeah yeah exactly so they the, the, um our novels you know they, <laughs> the the what 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 we consider literature now no i'm not saying that this will i'm, I'm saying that grown-ups <laughs> too will <laughs> okay <laughs> No. Do love the uh,
0: idea that a century from now they'll be looking at the history of cinema and they'll be looking at going overboard, Babes Ahoy the unsinkable Shecky Makowitz, uh, and say basically, yeah, this is this is where it all began. This is this is the moment.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't recommend that people watch this. Because it it's it's kind of um uh, like scuzzy sort of um like bad movie and and um and I mean bad there. That is a judgment. <laughs> like whereas whereas you you yeah you can you can watch kind of um I don't know how well stuff like um the Water Boy uh, um and uh, Billy Madison and um, stuff like Big that Big
0: Daddy Little Nicky and all that stuff have yeah, aged. Yeah yeah
1: yeah will have aged. But it, it 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 kind of doesn't matter in the sense that like they they were going for sort of offensive. Broad comedy and like they the they were aware that it would, um, I guess, offend uh, people at the time that that it it wasn't like they were making some kind of um, sincere, serious um, work and just accidentally offended people, I guess. But um, it's not the
0: day the clown cried.
1: No, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, So sorry. No, I wouldn't recommend this. Would you?
0: No, no, no I would not. Um yeah, no, it it feels much longer than the 97 minutes that it is, uh which is quite surprising. Hmm. Uh it has like four five subplots that are clearly there just to extend the movie. There's a lot of weird voyeuristic leering going on which is is I suppose kind of expected given the second of the three titles that the movie had. Uh and yeah, the the kind of the cynicism of it is initially charming, but it starts to grate very 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 quickly where it's like the winking bit at the bar where it's like oh look this is a no budget movie it's like okay you've said it that's fantastic but then it's like no we're we're it's also a lazy movie and it's like no, that 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 i that i don't excuse
1: the point about it being far too long as well the, the it's not very long but it feels very long the the um i remember watching it and trying to f- see how long was left in it which you can do on <laughs> on, on, on almost anything like almost any <laughs> streaming service or like DVD, but it was like menu not sanctioned or something like that. You're I not know. allowed. Like, yeah, yeah, you can't see. How you much don't want to know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll last as long as it lasts. I,
1: I think at some point I said to Petrina, I was like, feels like it's probably about 10 minutes left, right? And <laughs> she was like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think it actually was, <laughs> but they I, okay. I, I, had gotten past the point where I was like, and um, the editor on this needs act. But I, I suspect <laughs> that at times they were just like, that's uh, that's so stupid that they that the shot is just kind of continuing. Uh, let's let's leave it as it is, because like um, this is just a lark. um,
0: we paid for that film you shot on that film we're going to use that film No,
1: but i i think it's like this isn't supposed to be good so like yeah it would be good if you if you if you cut that scene here or just cut it out entirely but but let's not do that because let's not not forget what we're doing here
0: speaking of things that have gone on far too long i'm going to segue us neatly into the spoiler zone so luke what is this movie about for you
2: um this movie is about a young comedian trying to find himself unsuccessfully <laughs> uh,
0: does he get lost at sea
2: he 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 does and his movie along with him is it, what what i find so 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 interesting about the accusation that this has a plot is <laughs> that? nominally it it does. In that the, yes, in, indeed, uh, Adam Sandler's character, the aspiring comedian, uh, Sheki, Sheky Yes, yeah. He is working on this cruise, and he's a schmuck, and he's unhappy with his lot in life, and he wants to be a comedian, and he's trying to become a comedian, and he's trying to, to to get an opportunity on this cruise ship. That is the, the plot. It does indeed have one. But what really makes this feel like such a kind of amateurist production and such a, well, it doesn't really matter. We're not really trying to make something good here kind of thing. Is the little details and the little things in the storytelling that make this feel so long and make this feel so ramshackle and make this so difficult to watch. Because... The these scenes are very much like kind of stitched together yeah and from the introduction to Shecky and the the assertion of what it is that he wants the movie you know just was kind of saying you, you were saying just you were kind of waiting for it to get going because it is just spinning its wheels over and over again scene by scene with no real idea of how to progress a plot from it knows it's point a and it knows it's point z but it has no idea how to keep progressing along those beats. So you have all these scenes where, okay, this scene is either going to be funny because whatever, or this scene is going to progress the plot because whatever. But they don't really know how to do it, so there's just a lot of vamping for time. There's a lot of uh, explaining what's going on directly because there's no other idea of how to do that. And then there's a lot of padding. (laughs) you know, A lot of padding.
1: And it's kind of strange as well because um the there there there's a kind of a um what do you call it um is it deus machina <laughs> at the end where it's like oh we haven't actually set up any relationship <laughs> um, or any any love story between him and any of the other characters so here here here's uh N- N- Neptune's daughter uh slimy um and that's uh, that's the resolution of it so it's like yeah we didn't we didn't really um we didn't, set we that didn't get you set that up but um here you go <laughs> there it is he he got what he wanted he uh he performed as a comedian and then he got a girl
3: that's what the film said though because he keeps saying like i can't get women they don't find me funny if only i could make them laugh and then yeah.
0: And you have the entire opening monologue about how creepy he is, and how he smells, and has bad hygiene, and such.
1: Yeah, that I, I think, and I guess we've spoken about the plot. The, I think it's very clear, like thematically, what it's about because they they say it, and I I, I think that can kind of be helpful <laughs> in the movie because it, it's it's, it's someone
0: unfocused. It's,
1: it's that there's nothing more important than laughter, and I feel terrible <laughs> for Milton Burl, like for like you know putting putting him through this because he if, I think he deserves better and <laughs> but, but and, and, and but I can tell watching Adam Sander that that Adam Sandler is delighted that yes. Milton Burl is is there doing movie. it and and I think Milton Burl has genuine affection for uh Adam Sandler kind of you know starting out trying to make it um in, in this business called comedy.
0: Oh yeah. Um, well Sandler doesn't talk about the movie, but he talks about like getting to work with Milton Berle Like again, yeah. something do you know very what, kind of like sorry.
2: sorry do you know what that scene really reminded me of is the scene in Ed Wood where oh, with yes. Ed Wood meets Orson Welles Um <laughs> because it, it you know it's this really like, affirming moment for this struggling creative Absolutely. Um, and it's it's very funny to me because um Milton Burl, this comedy legend that, that Sandler and, and his character clearly idealize, uh is nominally there to give him advice. Uh but he doesn't actually give him any advice. He just <laughs> gives him jokes. a few old he just he's just like, just do this. But that kind of laziness, maybe that's the meta message of it is is is, is that is telling Sally, look if you're funny don't, none of none of nothing none of it matters so he don't did, try too hard. Did.
3: Like he kind <laughs> of like he do, he's kind of telling what? him adapt the com- comedy to, the, to audience the audience that you have. I found that scene so fascinating because A, it's one of the most well, like from a production standpoint, you have the kind of, you know, that kind of dream sequence, old TV music and and then the laugh track Proper lenses because it
0: was shot on land and stuff, yeah.
3: Yeah, um, and and also like for for what the film is, it kind of really works. It's very interesting. And what I thought was going to happen after that was that we were going to see a real kind of difference of like a before and after Mm. of like, but the film... It's like for me what this film is about is it's asking the question like how unfunny can a film be from beginning to end while being about a comedian not being funny I just didn't understand that as a choice because it he like it just he continues to just be bad but also like the audience aren't even reacting that well to him and I just found it really confusing and I found it really confusing that like His friend is kind of gently trying the whole time to be like, hey, buddy, maybe this is not for you. (laughs) But everyone else is like, no, that was hilarious. And it just... I, I just found it really interesting. I thought it was like, you know, when you're on a roller coaster and it's like ticking up and I thought it was like, oh this is going to be different now and it's like, no, nope, we're still going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that by the way his friend Bob is played by Thomas Hedges who is also known for 1987's Revenge of the Nerds 2 Nerds in Paradise 1988 Critters 2 The Main Course um which I find is an interesting filmography.
1: I was thinking he must be Hedges but he's is Hodges, Hodges. Because I was thinking that the 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 um, your man Lucas Hedges
0: would be part of a Hollywood <laughs> family,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: An underrated Hollywood they do dude. look pretty similar. They feel
1: like they're related, but they're probably but not. To, to Jess's point, there actually, because this... he get on a boat
2: when he got <laughs> and off and that and boat, and, and, Andrew, and
1: then
0: custom, yeah.
2: uh, immigration yeah. were like, No, 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 you have to have a more American name <laughs> yeah. than Hodges, no,
1: Hedges, it's easier,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh no he was he was like uh my name is Tom uh Tom uh and the the, the custom officials is like stop hedging hedging <laughs> hedges boom that's it done um it's like when Cassian from Star Wars couldn't decide his name. It's like it's not an and or question. Are y- but sorry. Are
1: you are y- are you alone? No, no, I'm here with my family. <laughs> uh family. <laughs> okay. Um, Good. But to Jesse? Tom family. <laughs>
0: But to Jess's point about this as a movie about comedy, well, first of all, the Milton Berle scene is really uncomfortable because they put canned laughter under him. Like, the movie has to assure you that these are good jokes by telling you they're good jokes, by using canned laughter, even though this is a conversation between two people sitting in a restaurant talking to one another. It
1: would be uncomfortable, though, wouldn't it? I guess.
2: I think part of it, this is where the inconsistency in what they're doing and the laziness in what they're doing starts to unravel things because that scene isn't actually happening. He's imagining it. Yeah, it's a dream
0: mm. sequence.
3: That's how I read that.
2: Which or... makes yeah. So that 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 makes the, the can laughter fine because it's it's it's, it's a heightened it's of like, that. yeah
3: it's like it's like it's framing like the it
2: as a Yeah. But but uh because you have other stuff like King Neptune where you're like, I I'm not actually clear whether this is supposed to be real or not and also just the very presence of it and the fact that king neptune gives him advice that goes nowhere takes away from that moment do you know what i mean like it would be a lot more meaningful if shucky's Shecky, sorry if his you know appreciation of of old comedy acts or 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 burrell specifically or just old comedy was was better established we had no go nowhere advice from king neptune <laughs> 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 clearly just because they had the, the costume on, on on the boat like and then you you build up to that moment and, right. or, or you know if you had other dream sequences that were similar to that because th- the other dream sequences do work had
0: other dream we, sequences. you had a sequence earlier on with dicky diamond like you had a sequence with dicky diamond where the can laugh yeah was evil and
2: bad and, like
0: the the drum roll is and the yeah,
3: mom yeah. is he's like imagining his mother while he's with
2: babes ahoy and those kind of work so some of the other stuff that they do kind of take away from it but if they if they trim the fat of it it would it would work a lot better
1: to luke's point like with the the king neptune costume you can't get that costume and 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 not use it i think that costume (laughs) justifies the entire movie
2: (laughs) Um, i mean the the, the mere presence of billy zane in any movie (laughs) justifies uh... the presence
0: of of the movie but like okay but the thing and again this is something i find interesting about the movie and something i had difficulty parsing and i suspect it's because the movie didn't think too hard about it but i did is the the weird tension you have in the movie where it's like old comedy versus new comedy where as luke said dicky diamond is very much meant to be like joe piscopo he's very much meant to be that rise of that kind of like you know 80s insult comic the kind of the guy who's like just rude and obnoxious and that is his entire shtick and the idea of the movie is well that's not really what comedy is comedy is something more classical and more conventional and it's like you you look at the movie and if you want to be very generous to the movie and let's be let's be generous to the movie for a second You could argue that Going Overboard is like an homage to old-fashioned kind of Road 2 movies or Jerry Lewis kind of starring vehicles, where it's this high-concept comedian in an X kind of movie where it's a bunch of skits that are loosely tied together with an ensemble with lots of those dream sequences. They're kind of a trademark of those kind of movies. Yeah. The loose plot that we already mentioned is very much kind of like that. The inclusion of things like, say, Milton Burrow, for example, is part of that. The song, you know, the fact that you end up with a song I, and dance number. I don't number. think
1: that's even generous. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think that it's fairly clear. Like him even going up on the gangplank. Like doing that, that sort of like very um, uh, thoughtful thing. That it feels like something straight out of uh, kind of a Bob Hope, uh, Bing Crosby kind of uh, movie.
0: And very specifically Lewis as well. Because you have like, there's a lot of emphasis on this Jewishness. Like his teeth and his winking and his gestures and his curly hair and all this sort of stuff. Again, all feels sorry very, very Jerry Lewis. But sorry, Luke.
2: Yeah, there's the scene where the two of them are singing that that's very road to kind of, but again, it's, it's a kind of, the problem is the execution, I suppose, because kind of, they, they, they make a point of the fact that they're about to start singing and then it kind of is just like drop and it kind of the execution. It doesn't really work. They're not really singing long enough for it to be like, if that, if they really committed to, they're not committed to the bit. Some of the, in some of these scenes, which, which takes away from it, but in other scenes they are. And you're like, okay, hang on. I feel, I feel like I'm getting into this. And then you're like, wait, I how long is <laughs> that? I thought the scene with
1: Shaki and Bob was one of the better scenes. Like when they're, when they're singing, I thought. And the, 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 one of they, the
0: better scenes is a low bar, but yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I, the, the, it's also part of kind of an another aspect of Adam Sandler's kind of toolkit that you don't really yeah. see very much lately is that he's a, a kind of like a musician. performing musician. yeah, Like the a Hanukkah the, song famously is, is kind of like one of the yeah, big Yeah. Breaks. But yeah. The, the, that that was like uh that that that, that was a lot of cuz he would have co- come to SNL as a writer initially and 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 not being kind of like a a a, a featured player my, yeah yeah and 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 that a lot of his 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 strength on SNL was kind of doing those sorts of songs similar to I guess Andy Samberg kind of years later where he he didn't um he didn't get a lot of sketches, he didn't play a lot of characters. He um but he had very popular he songs. He took
0: over the Contigital shorts, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. The get Andy on the show where, team.
1: They, um and it's strange that he doesn't really do that much these days. But the Watch whatchamacallit, um yeah, he, he 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 does a lot of music music for this movie as well. Um
0: But, like, I I find it interesting that, like, that is the premise and the setup of of the movie is the idea that you have Dickie Diamond, who is this, like, insult modern comic that is terrible, Mm. and it's all rough and insulting. You have, like, the fantasy sequence where he defends the woman in the audience who's being bullied and picked on and heckled um, by, by Dickie Diamond, but then, like, there's no real distinction between well first of all i would argue between shecky and dicky where shecky goes up and he does the really awful attempting to heckle billy bob thornton which we may come back to in a moment but also arguably like as you said adam sandler's like stand-up persona um which as you said is much more in the style of Dicky Diamond than it is in the style perhaps of Bob Hope or at least in my limited knowledge of seeing Sandler as uh, Sandler as a performer it's kind of interesting that you have like we talked about like the idea of this as a breakout role like
1: that that I would say there's more more innocence and less kind of um uh, of a bite to it but it they, but it's not that unlike it like they, they they as 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 in that obviously kind of Dicky Diamond is a very kind of like extreme portrayal and that Adam Sandler's um act is a lot more um relatable and that's what kind of like people enjoyed about those early years it wasn't especially laugh out loud funny like um you yeah like that that like most of his uh people that he brought along were better comedians like even even like like people people might think kind of um david spade is um, well hacky or something because he's in these movies but he was probably a better comedian that was the thing Similarly with Chris with... Rock
0: well, like, that was the thing with Chris Rock and yeah. SNL where like according to, to Sandler and according to people who've seen like like even watching a Chris Rock special Rock is a phenomenal stand-up comedian Yes. the argument was when it got to the show was that he was not a good sketch performer and not a good sketch writer and that is why he suffered on SNL and his argument is that like after the first year he did not feel like he was being kind of included and focused on sketches I may have done some research on SNL for this uh, discussion (laughs) and it may be showing but like yeah it's it's a different kind of energy it is very much a different kind of energy and yeah i think sandler more of a kind of a writer which is why he got featured as much as he did um why he broke out on the show in the way that he did uh perhaps um but like i more to the point though like what i find interesting about the movie is that it is that old-fashioned kind of thing which feels at odds with what you associate with the kind of happy madison kind of energy which is all like you know a lot of dick jokes fart jokes body function jokes But at the same time, there are a lot of those in here as well, where like much is made of the idea that Shecky Moskowitz is a good guy and he's not he isn't like an asshole like Dickie Diamond, but he's introduced like allowing a bird to defecate in a glass of a Bloody Mary that he serves to a woman who gets sick. And then he acts like he's a victim because he has to clean up after her vomit from serving her a Bloody Mary that had bird poop in it. And there's a variety of stuff like that which is, is kind of weird because that feels more what I associate with Later Sandler stuff, which is this idea of I'm a very angry young man who is going to like tear down the establishment. And it just so happens that the establishment here isn't, you know, an old golf pro played by Christopher MacDonald. It's a stand-up comedian Joe Piscopo played by Scott LaRose. And I it's find... a
3: shame, because that, that might have been a better film. Like if if they had of. A... Because it gives you a more interesting plot point of like, he's annoyed because he tried to be the ship comedian he like auditioned for and they didn't think he was good enough. And so it would make sense for him to be like, I don't want to be a waiter here. Like, I don't want to be doing this. But he's not. So, yeah, it's just kind of muddy, I guess.
2: And again, that's where the kind of developing of what this this act is comes in, because by the time we get to the 90s and it was the perfect timing as well for for people to latch on to to that kind of character and and to identify with it. Because like it's it's like Eminem, do you know what I mean? That kind of anger and that kind of like, I'm a good guy and I'm funny, but then you know all these terrible things happen to me, so I lash out and then I might say these horrible things. You know, people people are very much into that because uh, they could identify with it. Things you know? that you want to say.
3: It does depend what you want to say because I think the the other side of Sandler is that Sandler can be very sweet and I think it's very credible. Like I think he is a nice guy. I think he he there is a kind of an innocence almost to him or or something like that but it's just i kind of feel like you have to pick one yeah
2: so if yeah in this movie if it was just him being stomped over constantly and then he snaps and then he kind of launches into it like a tirade and then people find that funny that would be something it doesn't have to be that but the the difficulty is is that it's just a lot of reiterating and like in, uh, in many cases, directly reiterating, I want this. I'm not getting it. People are saying to her, "You're not funny." Well, but, but Like it's it's just a lot of repetition hmm. because it, they don't fully know how to to or they don't fully have the resources. Is probably more likely to 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 make this or the
0: time. Sick. It was written in six days. Yeah, to
2: make this a to to make this a fully fledged movie, and so you'll have you'll have a dream sequence and the dream sequences work, but then like Adam Sandler gets up and he goes, I just had a dream and uh, I didn't like that one. So I'm going to have another one now. And, and and like, you don't need that at all. And there's a lot of that kind of hemming and hawing in between scenes where, where characters are just kind of vamping. And like you cut all of that and you get maybe a little bit more focus on what, what the actual seed of the, the, the story is. And you, you, you get somewhere and, you know, I'm sure they, they, I, I don't, see any version of this where they don't go you know we don't need all this bikini b-roll anymore let's cut that <laughs> but they could have cut some of the other stuff that they didn't need <laughs> you know
0: yeah the entire again as he point like and again the fact the movie kind of does that thing where it cynically points out how completely superfluous it is but the subplot involving say dan povenmire as the yellow teeth guitarist and peter berg as his manager mort ginsburg uh, and again, worth noting, Peter Berg goes on to become like Mark Wahlberg's go-to director, the man responsible for everything from very bad things to is it Labor Day, um, or is it one of the days? Do you
2: think Mark Wahlberg has seen this?
0: <laughs> and that was the start of a beautiful. It seems friendship.
2: like it, it would be his, be his speed. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I yeah, I I I think the, the stuff with with um Eric Kroger. Kind of that, I feel like that's sort of uh, the gross outness of it, and that it's not unintentionally gross. Like that, uh, the the band is is Yellow Teeth, and they figured they 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 they'd put that in to kind of you know add a bit of color, and he would be gross for the young boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he'd say like disgusting things and and that and that that's kind of like an element that you want in it because and you it's... end up with
0: the weird dissonance of like him talking about how horrible it is to handle food having not washed your hands after going to the bathroom and Shecky being horrified by that after having served a woman a Bloody Mary with poop in it Um, again mm. it's Interesting how little consistency there is in this movie. Anyway, sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it for 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 me, it feels consistent in terms of like the the tone that it's trying to, be. and it's not a movie that's trying to be consistent in terms of um, making sense. It, 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 yeah, in, in it, it's it, in a certain in a certain way.
0: In that, like the, the framing device has Noriega sending two assassins into the movie that he is watching. It is not a movie yeah, that has yeah. extremely rigorous internal logic.
1: But it it also it also has intentional continuity errors. Um like with the shirt changing. Um and and that sort of thing. So so they're 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 not like they 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 have a clear theme, they have a um clear plot, but they also want to make it clear that they don't they don't care too much.
3: The you know, like
1: like yeah.
3: Like it, it is kind of a collection of sketches and when I kind of watched it, it like it was making me feel like kind of like Monty Python or like that kind of old British style of of comedy but like Luke said I think just some of them kind of went on too long or some of them were quite short like for me the consistency isn't that things change or it kind of are repeated or whatever it's just inconsistent in like the execution I guess.
2: Yeah, and it's I, it it's inconsistent in the sense that like sometimes it is working. Like the 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 bit, for example, where and I you know, I've slagged off the using Kim King Neptune in this, but the bit where
0: He's smoking Adam a Sandler
2: brings that up. Yeah, and Bob's like, Who are you talking about? And he points it's over probably
0: the best that was probably my favorite moment in the movie. is the... <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he's like smoking. That's genuinely funny and that like it's it's funny on purpose and it's funny. To the extent that they wanted to make it, do you, do you know what I mean? Like it, it works very well. Um, and yet you'll have you'll have a lot of like scenes of Sandler telling jokes, and the jokes, whether the jokes in character are supposed to be unfunny or are now supposed to be funny when he is doing better, there is no distinction really. <laughs> like they're, they're just the same level of of, of terrible, and it's yeah, it's. It's it's inconsistent. It's up and down.
0: What is the the observation that Nathan Rabin makes is that like whatever you can say about Dickie Diamond being a terrible human being, his jokes at least have the basic structure of a joke. They're not funny, but they have like punchlines and bits where the audience is expected to laugh. Whereas Shecky just says words.
3: Well, we don't get to hear the full things often as well. So it's just kind of like this is really out of context. So whether it is supposed to kind of play for the audience well or not you don't even have the opportunity for it to be like
2: i also funny. i think i think the framing is is harsh as well because like for example when 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 Chicky tells a joke about uh the old woman getting mugged and he thinks he has to do something so he runs up and and butters the, the finger to get he the tells off. the thieves to, to butter the like that that would be a banger tweet I'm telling you now, that would do numbers. Well, this
0: is like when we talked about Joker and we're like, is Arthur Fleck, like, did he invent anti-humor, anti-comedy first? Would he kill a bang-bang? Quite literally.
2: Whereas if you had uh, Dickie Diamond on Twitter with his, you know, uh, I was having sex with a woman, dot, 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 it was my grandmother, that would be rubbish and people would make fun of him and then he would go, oh, what? Oh, you're trying to cancel me, is it? <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying to silence me. Like it's, I, I, I don't, I don't get why the movie, like it's 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 so strange because the movie presents people as enjoying Dickie, Di- Dickie Diamond's act. And yeah, it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I prefer Shecky. I,
1: I feel I like wanna, you
0: don't have to choose. I feel like they can both be terrible. Um,
1: I want to go back. Did, did, I feel like a key to understanding this movie is I think at the end, Dickie Diamond is on a ring and he's just giving his middle finger to the audience <laughs> like, and I, I and he's I had a big monologue
0: like... earlier about how even when you're exhausted the only thing you can really do when it's really hot out is give the finger and it yeah that does feel like a mission statement for the movie to be fair look it's, yeah. it's hot the sun is shining we're, we're on a cruise <laughs> what are you expect? Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly it's just like, yeah. They, um, if you don't like this movie, like we don't care, because you know, fuck you, <laughs> because, because we <laughs> no, made it. It's, it's like, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're the idiot who watched it.
2: You spent <laughs> like, ninety
0: seven minutes of your time watching this.
2: It's like funny games in that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I you're I, not I, I did to
3: watch the end.
2: <laughs> I I did like. The, the nightmare sequence with Dickie Diamond, you know, and the the idea of insult comedy being an inherently horrifying thing. I think we all have that fear of being in, a, in, a, in an audience for comedy and then being noticed by the comedian. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: uh, and that dream
2: sequence is well shot, you know, and it, it builds to that like weird animation thing. And like they're using animation because they don't have the budget to do anything else. But it is really cool like <laughs> kind of him tearing his eyes out
0: that's that's from dan povenmeyer who's the creator of like phineas and ferb and milo murphy's law and stuff like that um yeah but, yeah yeah and he did the opening animation sequence as well now he is ashamed of this movie to be clear like everybody else who worked on it <laughs> um but yeah he that that's kind of a showcase for him as well so
2: i think the director she she did phineas and ferb and other kind of stuff like this. so again it's like this kind of close-knit kind of thing which is kind of nice
0: yeah she did going overboard bikini squad bone chillers love and sex and overnights that is um, Valerie uh, Brayman's filmography.
2: As a as a writer, though, I think she's done stuff with the the animation. Do you know that the the Phineas and Ferb, Yeah, she
0: has indeed. She did Milo Murphy's Law, uh, which which would have been with him as well. Yeah, I th- I th-
1: I think like the fact that I think it has ideas that would have been good if the movie was um, like funnier or better. As in that whole idea of the the, the insult comedian thing. I think it's done quite well. And actually, it works on a couple of levels in uh, The Nutty Professor. With like Dave Chappelle and Eddie Murphy. I think you have that same kind of thing where he goes to a show and sees like a an insult comedian. And it's a very good scene because it works on, on the level of like... The, the 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 comedian is, is is being funny on some level that the audience are enjoying, but it's also devastating for the character kind of being and that 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 this movie could have um I love by the way that I, like
0: we've reached the point where like the nutty professor is what going overboard aspires
2: to be.
1: I think it does. It it absolutely does and it ought
2: to. But but know? but I I get I get what you mean, Andrew, yeah. And I, I and I think actually one of the one of the things that I did like about this is when Dickie Diamond does—he gets locked in the bathroom—and there's this like kind of interesting. Uh, and this movie has way too many subplots, but this idea that once you lock a insult comedian in a room with himself and he has no one to insult, <laughs> like he just like he's gradually like literally rending his garments and kind of stripping himself away uh, and, and kind of. <laughs>
3: I love this- uh, and, and the shoemaker as well. He's like, yeah, and, shoe's and it's like for nothing. It's
0: like, what? I love by the way that you make this sound like a harrowing, like drama, and like with what what happens when a man is shorn of everything.
2: But it's like it's 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 it's, it's funny because it's like you 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 leave this guy alone with himself, and he is inherently miserable and inherently artificial which i think is true for a lot of performatively cruel people and then you have him at this lowest point where he is uh you know he is at god's mercy and begging for mercy and and he receives it and then instantly goes back to what he was and it just shows that's cynicism done right you know that's cynicism i can believe in (laughs) it is the idea that this is all this is all you know there's all these like stories you get of like right wing like writers or 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 kind of uh news like merchants these people that do the rounds of these shows and a lot of times when the cameras are off they start talking to the opposing point of view as if like they're mates and it's like it is all performance to them you know, uh, it's not real to them. You know, which is probably true for a lot of like uh, insult comics are not cruel people. Uh, no, uh, in their in their own minds, and 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 oftentimes in 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 reality, it's just the act. You know. Yeah.
1: Uh, this thing a lot of people say about Anthony Jeselnik is that they're very surprised how nice he is, and he says like, I'm not actually that nice. It's just that my act is so um horrible that you just assume that that i'm a horrible person and of course um um i'm never going to be 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 that bad like um
2: and that's what i like about adam sandler himself now is that again for so long he was like this he was low-hanging fruit for 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 criticism Uh, and some of that was justified sure but it's this idea that like oh he this guy he sucks i hate him because uh, he's loyal to his friends and he makes sure that he gets well paid. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't really bear out, you know? And and, and and the thing is, Sandler is free in a way that, that other more popular celebrities will never be, you know? He doesn't have to go on these strict and harmful diets because he just eats whatever he wants.
0: I love, by the you way, know, that you it, make it sound like the end of kind of Gladiator. Now he is free. Um.
2: but uh, i would rather be adam sandler than like you know uh one of the chrises do you know what i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> and 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 maybe that's the message that you can take away from this movie is like hey look just try to be funny maybe you will be maybe you won't but uh don't take it too seriously and you'll be fine
0: he has nine razzies by the way um to be clear so you're wrenching like just in terms of like how, how frequent a target he is for the razzies um he's been nominated yeah across three separate decades uh, everything from worst screen combo to worst actor. He got a Razzie Redeemer Award in 2020 and then received a worst actor and worst screen combo nomination the following year. Um, so, yes, in terms of being low hanging fruit, which is what
2: what the Razzies are. E- even in this, though, it's
3: never been like that. That's what I've always found really interesting about Adam Sandler is that like he's not untalented and he is funny and he knows what funny is. And it's a, it, like we were talking about the range and, and all of that. When I say that I'm frustrated he doesn't apply himself, it's not that I don't want him to tell the stories he's interested in telling. Like, I've loved some of his films, like Murder Mystery and stuff like that. It's not that I don't want him to do that. It's just I want him to do it better. And I know that he can.
2: And even in this, you'll be like, okay, this guy's charming. I'll actually, it's not, it's not maybe so bad. Maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And then he'll be like... I hate that woman. She's a bitch. And you're like, oh, actually, this is kind of bumming me out <laughs> of you it. Know? Yeah. You know?
1: That's a lot of his kind of, I watched some of his early stand up, and it was kind of like, um, it was him saying, um, I actually kind of wish my ex-girlfriend was dead. And, like, think about her. And, and, and um, like, it's very kind of spiteful and mean and kind of weird. Well, even it's... even
0: here, like, the nice jokes that he makes when he's doing, like, the construction worker bit is like, oh, my, my girlfriend, I'm going to joke about my ex-girlfriend. And that's that's what makes him nicer than Dickie Diamond is that he's picking on a woman who isn't in the crowd. Um,
2: Again, like Eminem, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is uh, it
1: is that kind of, like, here's, like, the kind of things that we, the, the, um what, what is it Eminem says things that you only joke about um, like
2: um, with your, your friends. friends yeah yeah which but like you know I, I think uh, the thing is is that once you do that publicly and you you, you know you have the the audience which obviously you didn't hear <laughs> but then once you do do it and those guys and their friends see it then they do it even more uh, with their friends and publicly, and it perpetuates this kind of thing. And it's one of those things with, yeah, okay, yeah. Sandler's, Sandler's made good movies. Sandler, I think, is, as I've said, relatively benign. But it's one of those things where as, you, as you're kind of getting on board, then, he, yeah, something like that will happen in his movies. And Jessica's mentioned that there's this kind of casual cruelty in, in, in his movies mm. that, is, that is hard to... It's hard to get fully on board, but I think it's—I don't think it's a fixed point of Sandler or his movies are definitely X, Y, or Z. I think that uh, I think that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shifting expectation from the audience and from Sandler himself. Because I think even in his Happy uh, Madison movies now. There's a lot less of it. Yes, like, there is. Since like, he's kind of taken a Netflix, it's a much deal. gentler
0: movie in some ways, uh, while still having a lot of mental jokes about mental um, incapability and stuff. Yeah, things. and it's, it's but a lot it's less like, misogynistic there's than. There's less. <laughs> I love that it's like maybe, a sliding the... scale. It's like you, you calibrate. You turn the dials up in some ways. It's kind of
3: <laughs> done though, like. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah. You,
3: you kind of have things like that because it's like they know what they're going to get criticized for now, and it's are we that to get that kind of cancel whatever audience or or are we going to kind of keep ourselves out of it but like the impact is still there and you know what's frustrating about you know some of these things is that like because of Sandler's how it exploded and then was kind of doubled down on and continued like when I'm in that classroom and these are the five films that are getting played all the time the little boys in the classroom are going to be repeating things that are in you know and it kind of it, it filters into culture in a way where you get then, you know, things like Knocked Up, where the treatment of those female characters is awful, where women in comedy films are purely there to be the <laughs> wife who's, like, you know, spoiling all the fun. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of frustrating. It's it's a part of it that I, I think you kind of can divorce from the rest of it.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree. And I think it's, like, um, I think it's it's tied in with his legacy but what i find i suppose interesting is as i was saying before like he isn't interested in that whole like oh like he i even compared to less shocking comedians yeah no but even even compared to say like your jerry seinfelds or people like that who are relatively benign comedians you never hear any of this stuff from sandler because i don't think he cares about it and i think it's this I, I think it's this, I think you're still culpable for the effects of what you do, but uh, this is where it's hard to set where the bar is. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, we've seen people double down so hard yeah, <laughs> and and to not could, do that. And he
3: could, and, and that <laughs> is profitable. That's very, very profitable. And we know yeah, it is. Yeah. Whereas we have seen, like, you know, I've seen him now start to work with kind of female comedy actors and, and tell slightly different stories. And that's just why, i get frustrated with sandler is it's like just go further into that (laughs) just do more of that
1: yeah i i i think in fairness to i i I think what what both luke and jess have said is are 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 both true in the sense that i don't think he's making uh, any special overture to um uh,
0: anyway either way I he, would either way
1: yeah that he's not trying to be like um, that he's not uh, that he, he's not one of these people uh,
0: He's not say Paul Feige, but he's also not Dave Chappelle.
1: Yeah yeah that, that that he's not trying to win any kind of accolades for kind of inclusion or diversity but he's just growing up. As a person, and that it's that and, and he is doing it, but it, that he he's not kind of um, nailing his colors to the mask, nor is he apologizing well, necessarily. He is also
0: it. a famous Hollywood Republican, so his colors are on the mask, But like, I mean, again, I think, I think if we're talking again, if we're having the comedy discussion, which it seems like we are having, right. it is probably worth noting that. For a lot of the people who end up in that bracket, that outrage bracket, a lot of that is because they need the money that comes from generating that outrage and the attention that comes from generating that outbreak that outrage and the touring and all that sort of stuff, like the ECK doubling down on the stuff after trying to the ECK tries to like redeem his image and tries to appeal to the audience that obviously he lost after that information comes out it doesn't work to make it financially viable he instead leans the other direction and starts touring again and performing to those crowds whereas sandler has the cushion and again like i I don't know this is not probably fair to say either way but like sandler does have the cushion of the netflix deal and stuff like that he doesn't have to do this is exactly what luke said which is he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do um there's no pressure applied either way he's just a guy who clocks in and clocks out at the end of the day which is a weird thing to say about a multi-millionaire as luke said already but it's kind of it is it is interesting, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why you don't see that with him, where it is it is just a job. I mean, even among the the Happy Madsen crowd, I mean, Schneider is a much more overtly right wing figure uh, than Sandler is, who is much more quiet in his political views. Um, yeah, Schneider's like anti
1: vax and that sort of yeah. stuff. Like, um, whereas yeah, Sa- Sandler, um, yeah, he. he, he
2: probably just like tax policies <laughs> i think uh, yes I, I i think i think a lot of the times with these these comedians and why they pivot that way is because they really buy into that idea or they present themselves as really being buying into the idea of comedy as you know boundary uh, pushing truth telling uh, yeah whatever. yeah speaking truth to power or pushing the boundaries also or, or all that kind or of dog. stuff
3: like obviously yeah. in this film where sandler is you know like it's okay for him to joke about his ex-girlfriend because like he was punching and he's just the, do you know what i mean like but, it's kind of there here but,
2: and... but i think that you one of the things that's interesting is that you see in this movie that that idea of the power of comedy uh and the the, the meaningfulness and the importance of comedy uh, I think Adam Sandler likes comedy, but all that other stuff that is attached onto it, I think you see here that he thinks it's an inherently stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the power of laughter. I hope that will come up in a way that ties the movie together. Think,
2: he thinks that that's inherently ridiculous. And I think that's part of it where I think something in a dave Chappelle or whatever breaks when they get that massive wave of criticism whereas when sandler has faced that criticism and it's like well i've got know, my money know, like <laughs> i've it, got my multi-million it doesn't, dollar deal. it doesn't impact him and it doesn't influence him in the same way uh because i think he cares about what he does i think he doesn't i think he doesn't think of comedy as you know capital i important in that but way that I other people he doesn't, he doesn't seem to over
3: identify with it like he's performing it's not him. Yeah. It's different characters and he's doing different things. Like it it doesn't have to be these are my views or, you know, because I mean, then in this film you have him like being like, "Oh, I can't believe he's doing fart jokes." Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, but because he's he's able to play different characters and and do different things and and he's very and that... aware of that and that's why he can do and has the range of sometimes I'm funny for this reason, sometimes I'm funny for this. Like, he, he does different things, and, and he knows that's not him.
2: Absolutely, and I think that even, like, in all of those uh, Happy Happy Gilmore movies, what, what he, the kind of, the secret sauce and the formula that he found, that he's kind of circling around here but doesn't have, is that he's like, like, uh, Shecky here is like, I'm a schmuck, and he's very, like, uh, you know, uh, he feels sorry for himself about that, but in this kind of hopeless kind of dead kind of way whereas in you know all those happy happy uh madison movies it's like this guy's a schmuck him <laughs> you know there's a kind of a there's a kind of bringing you in kind of aspect to it where it's like bad things happen to this character or 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 you know people are down on this character and it can you kind of can be okay with it <laughs> or because or, you either you sympathize with it or you're like uh he deserves it or the stuff that's happened to him is just funny. Yeah. You know? Uh, And it's like, it's, it's not, it's not me and this crusade that I'm on. It's like, I'm playing this character and this character's uh, the butt of the joke, you know? Uh, And sometimes that's where the cat, you know, sometimes he'll say something that's casually cruel, but then something casually cruel will happen to him.
1: But I, I, I think the moral kind of center of these movies, isn't something that's important as far as I can tell with with sandler as in like if if you want to take like dave chappelle where he's getting more and more transphobic and 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 less funny and then there's the people that dave chappelle thinks he's railing against and that he's an antidote to like i don't know that that some people say about kind of uh late night hosts and or or that they would say about Trevor Noah that he, he's he's making good points about things maybe, but it it's it's gotten less and less um it's gotten further and further away from comedy and more kind of about making points. whereas i do not I d I d I don't I don't think Adam Sandler wants to make points or, or or have an especially kind of important moral center to his movies, nor does he um, want to um kind of appeal to 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 the other side of the crowd where 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 they just want to kind of like be offensive, for 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 the sake of it. I think when he's try when he is being offensive, he is at least trying to be funny, and that's the thing that he's doing first, and that he's not kind of trying to make a a, a point about the uh, like comedy should be offensive, um. If 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 you catch my drift, yeah, I
0: think he. when he makes a fart joke, he's not making a statement; he's making a fart joke.
1: Yeah, 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 and 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 that's that. It's not some protest about um like how uh, people should be allowed to make fart jokes.
0: Yeah, it it's just a fart joke, um,
1: um but and they're, they're, I suppose not to excuse any any uh, of 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 the stuff, but the um, people say kind of like an intent isn't magic. Like it doesn't kind of, uh, change kind of what what's been kind of said or done, but I I I I think it is part of the equation, I guess. If you're if you're judging it,
0: that is probably fair. I mean, again, that's that's the thing. I love that Sandler is so opaque. There is no reading on Sandler, despite the fact that he is so ubiquitous. He is everywhere and inescapable, but also somewhat understand, uh, somewhat mysterious and kind of incomprehensible. Um, just in terms of of other stuff, in terms of the movie, the cameo from Billy Bob Thornton, and again, weird, weird how many famous people there are in this movie, this very early movie that costs less than cost less than two that costs two hundred thousand dollars. But Billy Bob Thornton shows up as a construction worker heckling in the crowd. Uh, he was the only other cast member I could find who's ever been asked about the movie. Uh, and his response was, oh, God, that's something I barely remember. My friend Valerie, she wrote and directed that. She and I had done some stuff in theater. And she said, hey, could you come down and heckle Adam Sandler at a comedy club? I'm making a movie. So, yeah, that was it. I went down to the comedy club, sat down in the audience and said some stuff to him. That's all I remember. Um, which is interesting. it's kind of.
1: I feel like a lot of characters sorry. in the movie were given that sort of loose direction. <laughs> <laughs> like not a script as such; it's just kind of like told what generally to do.
0: Yeah, like I mean, the 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 whole Billy Zane is the anti-Semitic King Neptune thing is an odd choice. But the Greek accent, which I get, which
1: I I thought his 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 his, his delivery, considering I am assuming he was given very little, um, like I I I I I think he's he's kind of um he's funny in this, I guess um or at least very odd.
0: Well, he get he gets that one the one joke I think that myself and Luke and uh, kind of agree are is the good joke. The the like mandatory good joke in the movie which is the him smoking a cigarette.
2: I liked his performance though. It's yeah. it's kind of re-esque. I th- I think that we <laughs> we still have not quite fully done right by Billy Zane. We kind of let him fall by the wayside. Uh and as a performer, I think I I'd be up for A
0: As an a essence.
2: Essence provided there's not some reason that he has fallen by the way said that I don't know about <laughs> some justified reason
3: I doubt it I mean usually they do pretty well out of that okay.
1: <laughs> the thing he did which got him uh, uh, like canceled was defending women um maybe <laughs> would would, would know, knowing the way things kind of tended to go I don't know um I uh, Lisa Collins as well I thought was great the the uh, Miss Australia I think she's doing some kind of like fun stuff. Um, the two um kidnappers as well, or would be kidnappers. I
0: think that's Ricky Paul Golden and Warren Selko, Terrorist without shirt and terrorist with mustache.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think I I think they they do decent work. It's kind of like like as in the, like the problem in a lot of this movie is that they 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 just uh, turn the camera on. <laughs> and, and get people to kind of keep going, and they don't say cut. So, like, if if you're if you're comfortable with that, then then it's then it's fine, and and you can you can kind of like play in this movie, but there's got to be the it feels like there's a lot of people, like I think some of Dickie Diamond stuff. He's just like, they still haven't yelled cut, but (laughs) but they're still... (laughs) But I'm still on. Yeah, I still have to do something. And uh, yeah, surely they won't use this.
3: I think that's why I found this a hard, like to decide whether it is one of the worst films or not, because like none of the acting is that bad of like, we were talking about kind of student films or like some festival films where like you kind of get a mixed bag of... You know who you have in the room, whereas like everyone's kind of doing something, and some of what they're doing works, and and some of it doesn't quite work. But like, it's not like the the quality is is just so awful. Like it, it there, kind of it's all watchful It's just it there's a cut. <laughs>
2: there's a ten minute short film in this that if you showed me at a festival, I'd be like, hey, yeah, it was funny. Like I liked it. Yeah, like if you really. If you really boiled this down to wants to be a comedian, isn't a comedian, you do three of the the, the dream sequences. Dickie gets stuck in the bathroom, he does his act, and then the end. Like you, <laughs> you'd really be like, all right, okay, hang on, this, you know, that was that was a fun one. You'd, you'd remember it, you know, but uh, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. In, in, in the battlefield of panama somewhere on the boat <laughs> so somewhere along the way it just gets lost
0: and just quickly in terms of shedding out the rest of the cast it does include uh, terry moore has a small role uh, as G- uh, general noriega's mistress that is the woman who claims to be the wife of howard Hughes. um if you've read i think green along word seduction um that's a somewhat contested claim uh, but she is famous, most famous at the moment for being the 91-year-old Academy member who basically told Jennifer Lopez to suck it up uh, when she didn't get a nomination for Hustlers. Um, so, yeah, that's the, the connection that ties back here to Going Overboard. Um, all right, is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything we haven't discussed with regards to the movie? Anything jumping out at people?
2: Well, well, General Boyega is um, uh, played by... Uh, Burt Young. Burt Young. Yeah, Burt Young. Yeah, yeah. Which is, again, it's like, what, what's he doing here? But, like, he's... He's giving this performance exactly what it calls for, you know. (laughs) He's a pro. Suitable for that.
0: Again, like very clearly, like we got him for a couple of hours, and as as noted in the comments there, like he noted in the kind of behind the scenes stuff, like literally shot on the edge of the Paramount lot because they couldn't get into the Paramount lot. Um, But yeah, like literally shot over over a day with this guy.
2: He he got to keep those dirty movies. (laughs) Like that's what he was paid with.
0: He's still going. Like, I'm, like he was in the the first season of Russian Doll, which was like a real. Oh, he's wait what? Yeah, he was in the first season of Russian Doll. If you don't do you not notice him? He was the
2: guy. Bert Young is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, he is. <laughs> that's.
0: Oh, are he, you really he's surprised that he's not dead? Sorry, I thought you were telling me he's not dead. I know he's not dead. He's 82 years old.
2: No, I, I'm 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 surprised he's not dead. I I thought he was long dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, like he popped. Remember, he popped up in The Sopranos as somebody who probably
1: should be dead, and that was like twenty, yes, was like 20 he, years he ago. Was, like, he was, was Bobby Bacala Senior. Yeah, um, that's, <laughs> and and he was he, he was dying like in that episode, <laughs> like the only time we got to see him. Some kind of
2: like whenever Rocky Balboa goes to somebody's gravestone. And start saying, uh, sorry, you couldn't be in the Rocky <laughs> movies anymore. Like, <laughs> I just that's always assume why that person has also died in real life. But actually, that's, I think, very rarely the case, you know. Or at least, just not always the case.
0: He he got was it? Uh, what's what's her name? Kelly McGill- Kelly McGillis? Kelly McGillis? Basically, is probably how you would describe what happened to him with the Rocky movies. Um,
2: yeah was it was this before was was going overboard before or after he uh, he a robot in a Rocky movie? It <laughs> <He laughs> would have been robot. very shortly sure after. Yeah, he was, was like, <laughs> "Look, it won't be the worst thing I've ever done in my career."
1: <laughs> in yeah, this- I think. For Rocky Balboa, they decided that Burt Young wasn't as sexy as he used to be. So <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, they, they did, like the sexual attraction, like they were, they they, 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 they did like, uh, focus group.
0: Wow. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at, like, I'm looking at Burt Young's, like, filmography here. And obviously, like, at some point between 1986 and 1989, he worked out a massive amount of debt. Because he appears like he, he, you know, he does one or two movies a year when you get to like 85, 86, 84. So he's in like the Pope of Greenwich Village. He's in Once Upon a Time in America. He's in Rocky Four. He's in Back to School in 1986. Then he takes three years off and apparently he comes back and says, I have to start making up for lost time. He stars in, uh, hold on, let me just get the maths here. He stars in 10 movies between 89 and 90. So he's in going overboard blood red Beverly Hills brats last exit of Brooklyn betsy's wedding wait upon wait until spring bandini club fed diving in backstreet dreams and Rocky five
1: it's, that's it's all in the space of a all. year he has an expensive mistress that robot who needs like new <laughs> component. <laughs> But, but yeah, I'm frankly amazed they managed to fit him in
0: here. All right, anything else you want to talk about? Anything jumping out of people? Anything we haven't discussed already with regards to going overboard?
3: Yeah, so every time you see like an establishing shot of the ship, it's the same one. And I thought this was a joke because that gave to me like arrested development. And also you can see that it's like anchored it's not moving (laughs) but um you know i'd I'd assume it was a budgetary thing but yeah every every single one is exactly the same shot
1: it's a very crappy boat (laughs) as well see like the rust on it
0: again just just in terms of like giving the origin story of this like it's worth noting that apparently it uh Producer Randolph Turo got the idea when he was asked to judge a teen beauty pageant in Palm Springs. As a publicity stunt, the pageant promoters were renting a cruise ship and packing it with current and former beauty contest winners from across the United States. They said they didn't have enough guys going on the boat, Turo said, so I decided to call some of my friends and put together a crew to film this ocean quest. The deal was a free cruise, all expenses paid, in the Caribbean. So that is how this movie I mean, came.
2: At least they enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: that's how the movie came. Has there
2: ever been a good movie set on a cruise ship? Because Speed 2 is bad. Mm. Uh, does that Spice Cuba junior? That's not a cruise ship, though. <laughs> I'm specifically <laughs> talking about a supposedly fun thing. I'll never do again. Kind of your, your, your kind of shuffleboard kind of cruise ship. Although I suppose Titanic was a, a supposedly fun thing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that they never did it's again. The most luxurious <laughs> boat ever built. Um, it just didn't go down that way. But it it started great. It, right. it
0: went down another <laughs> way. Yeah.
1: Um, what- Titanic is a weird mix because they have the people in steerage as well who are just like looking for a better life <laughs> in the new world, and then there are the the shuttleboard kind of uh, uh, crowd upstairs who are presumably coming back from their uh, grand European tour. Um, yeah. I guess.
0: And we, we should mention as well um, just to give the movie even more credit than we already have, we mentioned the idea that this is a movie that can be seen as a callback to the old kind of 1960s 1950s Jerry Lewis comedies as well. The title The Unsinkable Shecky Muskowitz is an allusion to the unsinkable Molly Brown, which was a 1964 American Metro Color musical comedy, which was about Margaret Brown, who was the survivor of the Titanic, who survived the 1912 sinking of the Titanic. Debbie Reynolds was nominated for a Best uh, best Actress Oscar for that. So just to tie it all together, to answer Luke's question about has there ever been a good movie about having a good time on a cruise ship? Yeah. I mean, the unsinkable Molly Brown maybe comes in.
2: Did Molly Brown have a good time on the Titanic? Just because she <laughs> Molly survived. Molly Brown is
3: um, Kathy Bates' character. Oh. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, so How she was a ge- she was a real survivor and she is known I got obsessed with the Titanic. She was known because she genuinely that scene where she gives out to the the um sailor being like we have to go back, we have to turn around. She actually did that and they actually did turn around. Oh wow.
2: And Billy Zane is in this, so it all comes yeah,
3: together. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's all
0: tied together. It, it feels like, yeah, no, it, it's a, it's a perfect circle. I don't think we're going to beat that. In terms of uh, usual 250 stuff, inappropriate smoking, I guess King of the Seas probably shouldn't be seen smoking. That's probably inappropriate. He's a bad role model. Uh, in terms of food waste, uh, do we have food waste? I guess you want to throw out uh, anything that that bird pooped in. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the
1: the the throw up. Of...
0: And the vomit that comes from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Uh, and then obligatory. Do we have an obligatory Robocop
1: rest, reference? We have an obligatory Robocop. Or
0: is that just for good movies? <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe that's uh, what's wrong with this movie.
0: <laughs> it needs more Robocop references. All right, then. I'm going to give Andrew a chance to think about that. But uh, what we normally do at the end podcast is we ask our guests to recommend something. Something they're enjoying at the moment. It can be something related to the movie, something unrelated to the movie. Just something that gives them a bit of pleasure in these uncertain times. So to give Jess, to give Luke a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first.
1: I'll recommend something for my scenes that was also uh, produced by Happy Madison, and I'm not—is <laughs> there, like a qualified recommendation? Um, I I enjoyed it because I I quite like Lauren Lapkus who was the star. It was the wrong Missy, oh, no. which came oh, out no, in no, 2020. No. Is a very bad movie. But well, I'm... you
0: are a Dave Spade. You are a David Spade fan as well. Like Joe Dirt and American Hero. You've been. Know.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I don't think, um, the
0: Crackle Original is
1: too bad either. Maybe I have terrible taste, but the wrong Missy was a, uh, for me, a kind of a fun, like, leave your brain, um, you know, at home and, or, or sorry, take your brain to the cinema and then go home and stream this on Netflix. <laughs> That's kind <laughs> of uh, uh,
2: maybe, leave your yeah. brain at the cinema. Forget your brain Netflix. at the cinema. Yeah, uh, sheet a, on your brain.
1: Her, yeah, for, forget your brain on the bus. I I I guess yeah, but um, I I I enjoyed, it, but I I I really quite like um, Lauren Lapkus. Um, it is very broad and and silly. And, and i but I, I i did genuinely enjoy it and and and, and thought it was um, thought it was funny at times in terms of other stuff i've been kind of that i enjoyed lately i quite enjoyed eternals and i completely get why it it, it wasn't received especially well because it, it 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 i i admire um marvel for 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 tackling kind of such a a a kind of difficult source material that Darren will know much more about than I would but um for the i i I I thought it was a very interesting movie and it's 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 a movie that feels like it's all about theology and um well, it's
0: a movie that asks would you abort god like that's but it not that's, just that.
1: like, that's... It, it, it 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 does all of these kind of um interesting you could perhaps say clever things like it answers the 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 kind of problem of evil maybe in a more um elegant way than 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 like say um like theism does um and it's 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 a very interesting kind of once off well presumably they're going to kind of have them in more um marvel movies and that that's just the way they do things these days but I, I i i i thought it was quite good and had some uh, very um good performances in it as well it wasn't it, it it wasn't like stellar or anything but um i i i thought it was very interesting what it was trying to do um and um and kind of applauded it for that and and want uh, more um movies to 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 attempt very high concept um in in in, in, in maybe like explicitly um high concept and and because richard Madden was in it um and i thought he there there's a thing that he does um i think decently well which which he does in this but i think he also does in um the i think it's Game is around? it bodyguard or is it dead bodyguard? Bodyguard? Yeah, the, it's a the TV show. Halls, yeah, exactly. It's available on on, on Netflix because he he's the, he has a kind of a sweetness to him, but also like a menace where you're not uh, fully sure kind of like where where you stand with him. I think I think he's very good when he's kind of doing those sorts of performances. Um, he's balancing those kind of two sides of what, what he can portray yeah so i enjoy those
0: um and i would actually be kind of more fonder of eternals than others i think it is a movie that has problems but i admire its oddness uh, and i think it, it's yeah, kind of interesting to see a blockbuster that is doing the things that it's doing i wish it were doing them a bit better and i think it suffers from trying to reconcile with the marvel formula but i admire it being a bit unusual within that i'd agree with um, that but Jess, G- yeah. what would you recommend what are you enjoying perfect no um I think one of our one of our former guests joked, "Eternals, the first movie that is named for its runtime." Um, but Jess, what would you recommend? What are you enjoying at the moment?
3: So, Paper Girls, um, which is now on Prime, is great. Uh, it's based on a comic series which I really loved about these um, four girls. It's set in nineteen eighty-eight. And they have a paper route and uh, then they end up encountering aliens and, and it all kind of takes off from there. We love sci-fi in 80s um, as a society at the minute, I think. so, But it does interesting things with that and, and I think it does that well. Um, and a comic that I've been really loving at the minute has been um, Catwoman Lonely City. Uh, and the link between those two is that Cliff Chang does the artwork for Paper Girls and also for Catwoman. Uh, lonely city it's it's really interesting she's kind of older and um, she's just gotten out of prison and it does really interesting things with some of the other batman villains and where um gotham is at and, and that kind of thing so yeah would really recommend them
0: that's where the black label is what i'm guessing is
3: the
0: uh, and luke what are you enjoying at the moment what would you recommend
2: uh well if 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 listeners haven't got their their fill of adam sandler content uh from listening to this podcast i would recommend that they they watch his his new netflix movie hustle um which is a kind of feel good sports film uh it's not it's not kind of reinventing the wheel in any major way but it's a very straightforward and very charming story he's this kind of everyman basketball coach and he uh, kind of discovers this player playing abroad brings him over to america and uh it's your kind of, it's your standard sports movie, but it's very charming, and he's very good in it. And it's, it's it's the kind of movie that they don't make a lot of anymore. But and when they do, they make them on Netflix, and nobody sees them. So I. I'd and Netflix
0: probably they, isn't going to continue to make them much longer either. To be fair.
2: Yeah, and it's 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 odd because it's 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 you know they've got that deal with him, and it's a it's a good use of him. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's.
0: It's like no, we we want fifty grey men. Um, we want the grey men universe. We
2: want blue notice, <laughs> green notice, and, and and Netflix have, you know, Netflix has done similar similar movies. If if you if you're if you're Adam Sandler, listen to this, and, and you're upset with me uh, for anything that I might have said, I recommend that. I also recommend High Flying Bird. That's another great Netflix basketball movie uh, by Steven Soderbergh. I love that movie. Or you can watch the YouTube clip of the Dunkachino bit from uh, Jack and Jill. Which I think is legitimately hilarious, and I recommended to somebody earlier today. So on that basis, you realize
0: uh, you've just volunteered yourself and Jess to come back and talk about Jack and Jill next
2: year, right?
3: No, Jack and Jill's
2: not on the list, is it?
3: I can't do it.
2: I'll be Jack. You can be Jill. Well, can we, I, I will, I will do a podcast only about the Don Caccino bit, which I hold very There's close. There's so much
0: to unpack, dear, to my heart. Have you have you seen that Twitter account? The like Duncacino butt Twitter account, which is fantastic. Who are
2: you who are you asking? Fair, who are you fair, asking? Fair yes, point. I've seen it.
0: <laughs> fair point. I like like David Lynch directs Duncacino. Duncino, but it gets faster every time all he says gold. the word dunk.
2: Every time he says dunk, yeah. Oh my god. Just uh but that that really speaks to uh you know the, the layers of comedy, you know. <laughs> that that one comedic scene, which is funny on its own merit is the jumping off point to so much more humor. That's the beauty of comedy right there.
0: So what you're saying is that you don't think that Jack and Jill belongs on list of 100 worst movies of all time.
2: On the basis of that scene alone, no.
3: Is that the other one? That is that, that one? movie yes, is, that is
2: reprehensibly bad. That movie is awful and 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 truly mean spirited. I love
3: how
0: quickly you ran to clarify that, Luke. I appreciate that it's like no ambiguity can be allowed on this.
2: But like, if if one if a scene if a movie has one scene of pure magic, it can't be one of the worst movies ever made. And Don Cucino is so good; <laughs> <laughs> it should be on the top two hundred. Andrew,
3: now you have your criteria. If there's one redeeming moment,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I think like. If we if we have you on to talk about a Bergman movie, will you will you come down and do Jack and Jill <laughs> like
0: we like we did when we had you on for One Car Ways, Is kind of in the mood for love.
2: <laughs> well, this might ref, this might require off off recording negotiation. <laughs> I think Jess is Jess is out.
0: What if we get what if we give what if we give you a One Car Way movie, a Bergman movie, and a Hitchcock movie of your choosing? Then can we- uh,
2: for three? Three hundred and fifty million dollars, I will do another Adam Sandler <laughs> Um
1: All right, then in terms really? of terms Ridiculous of... Six like got like tons of people watched it. Oh yeah, um, well, it was it was in, one of like, Netflix's first, first blockbusters. Days.
0: Yeah, it was one of Netflix's yeah,
1: yeah. first big like, blockbusters. Like, that was the kind of record setter before um kind of Bridgerton and, and um, Squid Game and stuff like that.
2: It's funny how every record breaking Netflix show is the the next one that they
3: Well, they won't are tell it. Yeah. Lots of people watched do-
0: it. Take our word for it. Lots of people. <laughs> so many people that we're not gonna make a sequel to it. So many people that we will promise we'll make an expanded Grey Man universe, but you are never going to see any of these projects.
2: The the people love Grey Man.
0: Yeah. The people love Bright. They demand more Bright. Um and we will <laughs> give it to them eventually. Um Well, who
3: knows? (laughs) Because some of the popular stuff that we know and like, they're like, nah.
0: Well, I, th- I think yeah. that's more, that speaks to the sustainability of streaming. Where, like, again, Luke mentioned it earlier on. This is a movie where, this is a week where a $90 million superhero movie tied to the biggest brand on the planet just disappeared from existence rather than releasing it on streaming because it's more profitable to take a $15 million write down than it is to release it on a streaming service. Well, so, yeah, I, I feel like those metrics are, are somewhat arbitrary. Um, what
1: movie is that?
0: That's Batgirl. 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 Oh, okay. Uh, also, Scoob Holiday Haunts, which would have been the rare movie to include both an exclamation mark directly followed by a colon for movie punctuation title nerds out there, uh, that also disappeared. Um, and well, also, I think that
1: was uh, to do with the, the backlash from from like anti um, uh, exclamation point and comma um, <laughs> uh, punctuation. Nerd. I, I
0: I know because when we started the two fifty, I was like, "Do we put an exclamation mark?" And Andrew was like, "If you do, I walk." That's my, That's the
1: comma, and I'll never come
0: back. <laughs> Oxford comma, and I'll never come back. Oh, all right then. Um, so, if people are looking for a bit more Jess, a bit more Luke in their lives, where can they find you? What? Yeah, what to do? So, Jess, what's up to?
3: Um, I am active on Twitter, and everything that that says about me. So, my handle is at tada underscore Jess, and I write for film in Dublin as well.
2: And Luke, uh, I admire the lack of. Uh, The lack of the extent to which Jess is tethered to Twitter, which says so much about me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could be more like her, Uh, but I am on Twitter. Uh, I'm Mr. Cynical, that's cynical with an I, and you can see writing from myself and Jess on filmanddublin.ie. Film and Dublin have recently collaborated with the artist Amy Lauren McGrath to launch our own range of apparel, which I'm, it's a podcast, so you can't see, but I am wearing one of
4: them. It is. Right now.
2: Yeah.
4: (laughs) That's really we've, got, got, tees, up we've
2: got totes. uh and yeah you, you should you should you should wear them while you listen no one will know but it'll make me very real we'll
0: happy. know we, we'll know you'll have our approval and is that not what what more do you want
1: take a photo of yourself and send it into our many twitters
0: <laughs> <laughs> um also then all right so the 250 is available um On Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Amazon Music. If you're listening to us, you have probably figured out how to listen to us already. Uh, Please feel free
1: to. That's Yeah.
0: Well, that was because people started having ethical objections to Spotify, and uh, apparently not to Amazon. Um, Amazon is a okay as well.
1: I've had a lot of people like justify piracy by their objection to Amazon, (laughs) and it's like there's there are elements of piracy which which aren't great either kind of uh but but anyway yeah the uh, anyway so people are choosing Um, amazon for 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 yeah
3: Yeah, but spotify hurts people they like who are like big celebrities and (laughs) amazon we don't know
2: you can listen to podcasts on amazon yeah
3: yeah
2: this is news to me
0: well, Fantastic. This is why we have you on, Luke. Um, but yeah, this is why you can get kind of like it's a fresh, spontaneous discussion at where I, I can explain COVID to you that a-
1: one, so that we get one of those warnings above our podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: to, to listen to for a proper. Um, go go to like follow these like for more information, like reputable information about about COVID 19. Like,
0: all right, now. We mentioned Speed to Cruise Control on this podcast episode. We will be covering that in a few weeks. The fantastic Jason Coyle, the wonderful Richard Drum will be joining us for that discussion. But next week it's just going to be myself and Andrew. We're going to be doing a solo bolo. We're going to be talking about Cool Hand Luke, the 1967 movie starring Paul Newman. And then to give listeners a chance to brace themselves for this because it's apparently a movie you need to brace yourself for, we'll be covering Requiem for a Dream in two weeks' time with the wonderful Richard Drum. So uh, if you need time to amp yourself up and ease your through that experience, uh, consider yourself forewarned and uh maybe or maybe not forearmed given what happens over the course of that movie. Alright, thank you so much, Jess. Thank you so much, Luke. This has been a pleasure. Right.
2: Talk
4: to you thank soon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>